Ray was smiling. Nasukawa's serious southpaw stance. And the stance straight. Mayweather's going in there. Was Nasukawa playing pocket Frank Trigg? Well, oh, Mayweather just unloading here. Roughly asking him to keep the punches up. Nasukawa trying to use his angles. Mayweather just comes in and throws his own body. Oh, oh, beautiful right hand. Dropping his opponent. Oh, my good. Oh, he just dropped his opponent somehow. everybody you are listening to the we are rising podcast your source for all things rising news features reviews of fights etc etc this is your host andrew benjamin and i'm joined once again by my co-host jay christian gary from focus fights hey y'all how's how's things <laughs> uh things are going well here christian how about how are things down in the heartland of well is it is texas considered the heartlands or where you're from is that no 
no, no. When it comes down to Texas, it's not the heartland of America. We're just pretty much a home state. But things are going well. All the, I mean, all the never, I guess. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, there's a, quite a few topics that we have on hand to talk about with Ryzen. Um, funnily enough, though, it doesn't just involve Ryzen, but also involves two other promotions. And those promotions, oh, are, yes. those those promotions are Shuto, and of course One FC. And uh, Christian, if you want to get the details on 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 some recent news that, that Shuto and One FC have uh, have uh, made an alliance of, of of some sort, you're more than welcome. Go ahead and uh, spill the news. Why certainly, when it comes down to Shuto and one fighting championship, or now one championship, I guess. Shuto made the news this past. Shuto made the news this past week when it came to, you know, future operations, and they decided to make a partnership pact with one fighting championship. The pact is set up for three years. Shooto fighters are free to pursue a career in the UFC horizon, meaning they could possibly opt out of these Shooto contracts, even though as of January, the I mean, as of the upcoming show that's coming up for Shooto, Shooto champions will get an automatic opportunity to fight in one championship. And Valley Tudo Japan will come back according to Shudo, and what FC fighters will participate in this new Valley Tudo Japan, which I think is the third time that Shudo has bought back Valley Tudo Japan. But all in all, Andrew, what are your thoughts about the partnership between Shudo and One? Um, well, when I first heard about it, you know, as a Ryzen fan, obviously you think, oh no. This is not a good sign. You know, it's another promotion that's that uh, Ryzen loses a relationship with. Um, it's a, uh, it's it, it, it that's that means just what that means a, another a they they lose a bunch of fires that they can't use, and especially they've been using uh, Shuto fires a lot recently. Um, off the top of my head, I can't I can't remember the names right now, but uh, I know they've they've been using quite a few. Um, but uh. It may not be. It's. It seems to be not as bad, uh, as today. Um, the person who uh who who I got the news from, uh, Megaton, on Twitter, um, did some uh-huh. did some tra- translations on uh on the news, and apparently, uh, it's uh there's a opt out clause apparently with the uh uh-huh. with with world champions, I believe. Um, the yeah, there is an out, there is an opt-out clause for Shudo World Champions or Pacific Rim Champions, I think. The Whereas, thing. if they want to fight in the UFC or fight in Ryzen, they're more than welcome to do so. The only question is, so, does, does that only include world, is that only for the champions, or does, or does that, or they only, does that include all Shuto fighters? I know they. I know they. I know Megaton said uh, world champions, but I don't know. Like that seems 
that seems more odd to me that that the, that the world you figure you want to keep the champions for your promotion. I would figure that they would that it would be less inclined to have the to give more freedom to the world champions than you know to maybe a um a lower card fighter who gets an offer from UFC or Ryzen uh to let them go. And I'm kind of, I'm honestly surprised that's I'm a little I'm a little bit perplexed by that honestly. I understand you, but when it comes down to that, I mean, I think it's just for the champions because, let's face it, you wouldn't want somebody like um, Sarah J. McCann, who's a trainee of Pinston anyway, so 1FC when she hasn't even reached her full potential yet. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. You wouldn't want guys like Nobumisu Tyson Osawa acting an ass in a 1FC cage knowing that he can easily get away with that in Ryzen because obviously with the whole global citizenship thing, which I think is a crock of shit <laughs> that 1FC does, <laughs> I mean, if Nobumisu did something as controversial as what he did in Ryzen to... One FC's audience, they might see that as a threat, and they might send his ass packing. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, that's a good point. I actually didn't think about it that way. Actually, in, in the grand scheme of things, though, um, it's not, I, that even makes it actually. Now I think about what. Why would you want anybody then to leave? Champions or lower card? If you you, you know you said you're if you're building up a fire, obviously you don't want them to leave. But then also you just don't want your champions to leave as well because those are your Presuming you're, you're, those are your money drawers. Uh, and so, now I think about it, that makes it even more uh, somewhat, like, that's, that's a strange, that's a strange um, thing to allow them for, to allow them to do. Um, I, and also, you know, just to opt out, you know, there's gotta be, I, there's no, I never, I don't believe there's ever such thing as, as a true opt out. There's gotta be some sort of, um, some um, addendums or, or something that goes along with that something or, or I I just can't believe that, that they would just allow you know a world champion to say you know what uh, fuck you at one I'm gonna take this fight with Ryzen that they offered me it just it seems especially if you have a partnership with a with the, an official partnership that's gonna you know that you you don't want you don't want anything you don't want bad business coming between two MMA promotions. Especially one as big as one, and one as I don't want to call Shuto small, but let's be honest. Compared to one, Shuto is a lot smaller in terms of just just the size of of how the company is. Um, but how do you think this will impact promotions like Pancrase and Deep? Oh, uh, that, that's even that's even a, a bigger question because you know now, now that this that they've signed as a partnership of Shuto. What's what's to stop Pancras or um, Deep from uh, going to one? I don't think I, I don't think Deep uh, Deep has an official partnership. I think with Ryzen, um, and so I don't think you have anything to worry about them, Deep or Deep Jewels, um, either of them. And with Pancreas, um, do, do they have an, a, a partnership with Ryzen? I don't believe they have one, as far as I can tell. Even though you got Pancras has their platform put on by the UFC Fight Pass, they probably wouldn't have much of a problem 
know, being on. Mm-hmm. I mean, being signed up with Ryzen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I forgot that Pancreas has the. They do air on the UFC Fight Pass, and Shoot though, as as uh, mentioned, did as well. Not anymore though. Shooto used to have their stuff taped delayed on the Fight Pass. Now I don't think they know how long they air their stuff on the Fight Pass anymore. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's this is just. I think this is. I think this is one FC just trying to you know once again they're trying to put their that foot in the uh, Japanese market. Um, it's so funny because I right now UFC you know UFC is not is not competition to Ryzen at this point, and I don't think it ever will be. I think the two have different goals and different and different ideas when it comes to fighting. But it looks one FC is the one that that's looking to become a competitor to Ryzen, and. I think this is just this is one extra step that they're trying to do to try to maybe you know to just get that uh to get that foothold in the Japanese market that you know is a lot is a lot harder to do, especially if you're a foreign a non-Japanese company. That's a that's a very hard thing to do. It's not easy. Um, and actually that that goes into uh into a question. That uh, Stuart Gordon, um, the commentator for um, Pancreas, oh, it's not Stuart Gordon, excuse me, Stuart Fulton. Um, Stuart Fulton, uh, commentator for Pancreas. And he also does uh, commentary for, uh, I think, Quintet as well. Yeah, Quintet and Gan Ryujima. Mm hmm. Uh, but he, what did Mr. Fulton want to ask? He had a uh, he had a very interesting question on Twitter about what does Ryzen do in 2019 to combat uh, one and the actual here's the uh, the full question uh, hashtag JMMA peeps what does Ryzen pull out the bag this year to stay afloat and remain competitive of one. One uh, SE, that is, making moves in Japan. And there were a lot of interesting answers out there. Um, from, re- you know, regular M- JMMA stalwarts. Um, let's see. Uh, Acid Hayes had, had one of the more, most interesting responses. Start poaching bat- bantamweight and flyweight fighters from other organizations for Horiguchi to fight. Sign and develop Gordon Ryan before one get to him. Uh, for those that don't know, Gordon Ryan is a B, another one of those uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, wonder kids who, you know, along Dylan Danis, John Danahar, and uh, Gordon Ryan, uh, not Gordon Ryan, excuse me, um, uh, Gary Tonin, are the top Jiu-Jitsu uh, practitioners in the world. Uh, and also, uh, Acid Hayes just also continued uh, that they should try to mend a bridge with K1 so Takaru tension gets booked. Um... Looking at all the other, you know, that would be a fun idea, wouldn't it? I absolutely would be, especially with with the flyweights division in UFC. You know, being in limbo right now. I I don't think I, don't, you know, before it looked like it was dead, but now with the recent Henry Cejudo win over TJ Dillashaw, it might not be. But even now, there's still no word on like if it's going to happen because Henry Cejudo. Looks like he's it's, he's gonna be fighting TJ Dillashaw at one thirty five now. So now the one twenty five belt is now probably gonna be in limbo 
for the next few months. Who knows, even next year. So, you know, flyweights in, in UFC, UFC that aren't that weren't told, hey, you gotta move up now to 135 or get cut. You know, they don't know what, what they probably where they stand either now. Mm-hmm. Especially those who are still around with the roster, like Kai Car France, for yeah. instance. Former former rising fighter Kai Car France. Um. Uh, let's see. Uh, MMA twenty four seven had a had an interesting response. I'm kind of a little bit in agreement with this. Um, uh, they said I think Ryzen is safe, but I would like to see a few more shows, and if somehow, some way, they could get the stars to the line and get a Fedor versus Krokop rematch, that would be epic. Um, a Fedor versus Krokop rematch. I think everybody would love to tune in for that. But I think I think he made the overall point that he made was that I think I think Ryzen is safe for the most part right now. Unless they do something to, to royally fuck up or, you know, I don't know what they could possibly do. Um right now I don't know how that one show that's supposed to be taking at place at Sumo Hall is selling. Uh, I've not heard anything regarding tickets. Um that that's it'll it'll be a good measure to know you know how well one does ticket wise. If if one happens to sell out Sumo Hall, and I'm not talking about you know comping tickets or anything of that sort. If they if they get a full paid crowd in there for I don't know how many. Uh, I think it's uh, Sumo Hall holds about nine thousand, ten thousand around that around that area. If they can get around them, if they can get that as close to a sellout or a sellout, then maybe Ryzen has to worry about it. The only thing right now that Ryzen has to worry about one is stealing fighters. That's the main thing they gotta worry about. Oh, steal or sign fighters, I should say. Um, it did well. They did steal uh, Andy Sauer, so I'll count that as well. Um. To be honest, hopefully they won't steal Reina Kubota either. Mm. Here's the other thing as well. Um, someone else that um, uh, put down as, a, as an idea. Um, Josh Epstein uh, wrote, replied back, Consistent cards. Partner with Zone or create an affordable streaming service. What do you think about that? Nah. I don't think that they would want to... I mean, unless this year is going to be the final year of the deal for them and Fight TV, I don't think they'll easily get into business with the Zone because the Zone has way too fight properties to name from. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's so funny that... Um... I mean, come on. They're supposed to... I mean, as of this recording, I think they are supposed to have an event... Much later on, featuring one of the top fighters from Mexico, Jaime Munguia. Isn't that a, is, that's isn't that a boxing? Uh, there's a boxing fight today as well. That's supposed to be on the Zone, I believe, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah actually, and the fact that they're gonna be streaming. I mean, as of this recording, of course, today is January 26th. They're gonna double book themselves by not only showing a boxing card, but a Bellator card, also simulcasting with the Paramount Network. So yeah, when it comes down to Bellator, I mean, when it comes down to Ryzen and the Zone, I don't think that'll happen unless this year marks 
like a very crucial year in the relationship between Ryzen and Fight TV. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, do you have, do you, just uh, keep on topic of the zone. Do you think the zone is a future of of combat sports? Do you think there will be eventually a point where, if you're not on the zone, you're you're not you're not in the. There's no you're gaining no attention from combat sports fans. Well, to be honest, I think we're already in the age of, you know, if you're not online, if you're not streaming online. Whether it's for free, via a free stream on Fight TV or Facebook Live or even Twitter, which is what Knockout has done, or if you're not on like a paywall service like Fight TV or The Zone, you're not really selling well. Because um, I was when I went through watch the the Pacquiao Broner match uh, last week at my friend's house. Uh, he ordered on show, on Showtime pay per view, and when we we were talking about just the zone and that whole thing, and he said he he hates it. He tried the app once, couldn't get it to work, deleted it, and said that he's he's not gonna download it ever again. And he's he's only yeah, gonna. It's kind of like to be honest, it's kind of like me because I tried to sign up for the damn thing when it first came out, but I realized. You have to have, like, a credit card and a bunch of other shit. And I don't think I could be able to provide that. Well, I think it's also, the question is, you know, it's another sign-up thing that people have to... It's another yearly, monthly sign-up thing. And I know there's a lot of people um, out there who, you know, everybody's got Netflix, everybody's got Amazon. um, Everybody's got Hulu. Exactly. Everybody has a, a, a yeah Hulu. You know, if you have, if you're a UFC fan, you probably have Fight Pass. If you're a WWE fan, you have the WD, WD, uh, WWE Network. You have New Japan World. If you're a New Japan fan, the Ring of Honor thing. HBO. If you have, if if you love Game of Thrones, you have HBO Go. So mm-hmm. it's too bad you can't really get boxing on there anymore because unfortunately they got rid of that in December. Exactly. Yeah, and um, he yeah he was yeah he was yeah he was one of those people who was really 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 upset uh, when they got rid of boxing. Um, let's see what else. Uh, oh, uh, Bob Blue Jack had a uh, had a had didn't reply with with, uh, with text, but just one picture, and it's a picture of Sayori Yoshida. Mm-hmm. Famed Japanese amateur wrestler Sayori Yoshida, who just recently retired and. Uh, is uh yeah, but she just recently retired from amateur wrestling. Yes, yes, yes. I, I think say. it'll only be a matter of time before we see her in the rising ring. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of other other good answers that people hear as well. Um, uh, Brody Armbar said lightweight Grand Prix, which will probably be happening this year anyway. Um, Dave Pella had a very interesting response. Um. He wrote, it's about time they signed up some of those Mongolian sumo units. I would love another New Year's Eve open weight Grand Prix final. Uh, winner gets one of those ancient mystical double dragon belts and watches like Krokop got. Uh, and also could have drunk Ahertz on and a few more beers uh, and get him signed. So yeah, drunk Ahertz is always a... He's always a... First of all, drunk Peter Ertz. 
that's not going to happen because you're going to put the man's life in danger. <laughs> Second of all, fuck Mongolian MMA. <laughs> I mean, you're going you're gonna to know why I'm saying that. Yes. When yep. we get to the when we get to that point. Yes. But yes. Still, um Mongolian MMA. But yeah, as far as those tournaments go, hopefully if the rumors are true that we're gonna be getting a couple of if, if the rumors are true that we're gonna be getting a couple of Grand Prix I mean a couple of Grand Prix tournaments for Ryzen in this coming year, this year being twenty nineteen I mean, I would hope to see more Double Dragon belts by side games get passed out. Oh, same here as well. Uh, let's just say that, you know, I just recently interviewed Johnny Case, Johnny Hollywood Case. Uh, and uh, let's say that uh, he, uh, he, uh, he might, uh, let's just say he, he confirms those rumors a bit about the Lightwave Grand Prix. I'll leave it at that so that people can listen to the interview when it's posted. Um... One of the most, uh, another interesting response though, and this is the, uh, I think this will be the last one before we move on, was Joshua LaCour says crossover. And I'm assuming he means a crossover with one. Do you foresee no. Ryzen 1 ever working together in any capacity? We don't, no. Ain't no damn way that's going to happen. Maybe Ryzen and Bellator, I can see. Obviously, with the three, if this three tier thing happens with Ryzen, I can see that Ryzen one fat fucking chance. <laughs> uh, it's actually, um, uh, I'll also uh, leave it at this. So the I was watching the Ryzen Confessions video, the most recent one, number twenty nine, today, and uh, after uh, Darian Caldwell lost. Scott Coker looked so disappointed. He looked like a, he looked like he had just lost, he lost like a million dollar bet. He looked so sad and depressed after the fight after the uh, after Darren Caldwell lost. I felt so I felt bad for him. I really felt bad for the man. Huh. Do you think that he's about ready to plot his revenge? Uh well, you know, Koraguchi said that he would that he would fight him again. You know, and you know that's one of the things I hope that we get with these, uh, with with these Ryzen fighters and these Ryzen uh, defending champions. I know it's not would it be not it would not be for the Ryzen belt, but it'd be for the Bellator championship. But uh, you know, Horiguchi gave his word that he would go over to to America to fight uh, Caldwell in a cage. I think he's. I think he will. I, we'll we'll have to wait and see when that fight happens. You know, I pick Horiguchi now, but you know, you never. Fight day, you know, I could be entirely wrong. Yeah, I get what you mean by that because, you know, all I'm just hoping for is that it takes place in Hawaii. Oh yes, it'll be great, you know, uh, you know, uh, some sort of Bellator versus Ryzen thing, you know, USA versus Japan, do something like that. That'd be cool to do, I think. Oh, that that would make sense. Yeah, so uh, that was a that was something that uh, Stuart Fulton uh, posted up. That was an interesting uh, question to uh, to go over. And uh, do you do you have any ideas what Ryzen can do, Christian, to uh, to remain com- competitive of one and stay afloat uh, while they're trying to make moves in Japan? Anything that comes off to your head? Yeah, I think the better thing for them to be, I mean, the better thing for Ryzen to do would basically to. Uh, try to out-promote 
1FC because, of course, 1FC is on a beam of TV, and of course, they're, I mean, it's like the fact that most of the events are going to, I mean, there's two events that rise in, I mean, shit, there's two events that 1FC is going to have in Japan, the one in March, and then they're going to go back and do one in October. But I think the best thing for Ryzen to do is just out-promote the hell out of them. I think, I think you put it simply, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll have a better understanding after that, that, that Sumo Hall show that one is going to run. If, if they draw well, then yeah, then Ryzen might have to uh, pick it up a bit. Um, but also, you know, if, you know, Ryzen's going to, if they're, so they're only, they only have, they have the April show and the October show in, uh, and set in stone now. They don't have any other shows announced. So they've only got two shows, I think, right? Yeah, but it's funny by the schedule that they've already done like two or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, one is going to be going to a territory that's not it, that that's not it, that that that, that has it's a lot harder for companies outside Japan to to really get get that Japanese audience. It's not it's it's just because you're offering something that may be even better. It's, it doesn't necessarily mean that the Japanese audience is going to latch on. There's a reason why WWE has ha, why they draw not so good when they go to Japan, and the, like the one time they ever did was when they had Brock Lesnar on a card, which they added like last minute, and then they sold out that Sumo Hall show that they had when they returned to Japan, which I think was back in uh, was that like like 2016, 2015, something like that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, if, you, if, if if I think a lot, I, I'll be able to make a better judgment once we see how that Sumo Hall show draws. I'm, the Abima ratings don't matter to me because Abima, it's, it's, it, it's not that, that's not the factor in this. I think it's just, it's going to be how much they draw. And if they, if they draw, if they sell out or draw close to the sellout without comping tickets, then Ryzen maybe has to, they have to uh, keep a little, a little, a little, uh, they have to, uh, keep a little head or uh, eyes over their shoulders just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, um, I think Ryzen is safe in uh, from one in 2019 until then. But regarding their 2018. Uh, Christian, how do you think Ryzen did in 2018? What was your overall thoughts on, uh, fight-wise and, uh, just everything that they did this, uh, last year? Well, aside from, aside the backdrop of a typhoon and the Mayweather not some cow about not being shown to American audiences, I thought Ryzen, I thought Ryzen did pretty damn good for 2018. Yeah, actually, to tell you the truth, I actually thought that 2018 was maybe, in terms of fight quality, was probably their best year so far. I really think so. Um, they certainly outdrew themselves, you know, ever since they started, with, uh, since 2015. Uh, had their had their biggest draw with that, with the Ryzen 14 Mayweather versus Tension card. Um, I think their, yeah, I thought their 2018 was, was fantastic overall. Um, and I think, uh, with that, uh, 
I think they deserve some awards. And I would like to first stay off. This is the first ever We Are Rising Soccer Kick Awards. Soccer Kick being that, well, why do people love Ryzen? One of the re reasons why they love it is because we get beautiful, violent soccer kicks to the head of a down opponent. And uh, if you if you actually watched uh, the the most recent UFC card, uh, you would know that ah, uh, that's why I love I love legal soccer kicks. Because if or in the case of some domestic abuser. That's why I love legal knees to the head of a downed opponent. Exactly, exactly. So we would are doing our awards to reward the best of Ryzen. Because I think that the... You know, unfortunately when a lot of MMA awards came out, one of the things I was very upset over was there was, you know, where's... where's it's every, it's all it is is USC people. It's only UFC people who get awards. When I listened to John Pollock's podcast about the MMA awards, it was all UFC people. Uh, Ariel Hawani's only one Ryzen, and it was not even for a fight. Got a, if I remember correctly, got a. Uh, yeah, it was for Andy Nguyen's small criminal entrance. Which, to be honest, that wasn't all that good, considering the fact that Miu Yamamoto had a more deeper entrance before that, and she won the damn fight. Yeah, that's very true. That's 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 absolutely true. Uh, it's just you know it was you know it, it's frustrating because I under I know that UFC is the biggest promotion in the world, but the problem is is that how does how does it, it shows a complete lack of just knowledge from the MMA Western MMA media when it's only one promotion. That gets all the awards. It would be like if you, if the Wrestling Observer, if only WWE won every category. I know you're not an Observer guy, but you know that's the closest example I could think of. Um, Believe me, I fucking hate the Wrestling Observer. And so you know, I feel like that the 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 people who fight Horizon and should be awarded for their efforts. Now, not necessarily. Oh, these are all good awards. We do have one award that has to be given out, which is a a worst fight of the year award. And I think it'd be best to start the negative and move on to the positives. So yeah, I mean because we all pretty know when it comes down to the soccer kick award that there was one finish in Ryzen over the last calendar year that ended in soccer kick, and well, obviously. We're going to get to that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But do you want to get to the worst fight of the year award first? Oh, yes, please. Because this will be the easiest category out of all of them. And just to let you, everybody know as well, Christian and I have not consulted with each other about our picks. But we pro this will probably be the only one that we can probably read each other's minds and think, okay, I know what they're going to pick. And... Christian, uh, I would let you do the honors. Go first and pick what you pick considered as the worst fight of the year of 2018 for Ryzen. Well, to be honest, we were going to go with that one fight that you probably might have already heard about. 2018 We Are Ryzen Award for the worst Ryzen fight of the calendar year was for us. 
Will Mirchikov pull Corral versus Show Must She Be Side from Rise of Eleven? This, yep, that that was my pick, and obviously that's your and that's your pick, and I think probably everybody else would pick that that match who watched Ryzen this year. I was there live for this fight, and I I I was well put it this way. My one of my friends who was there also the Ryzen show fell asleep during this match. After the match, if you can remember, the Japanese crowd booed. Japanese crowd never boos. Ever. Mm-hmm. And they... The, the, this card was so good, and then suddenly this shit fight happened. And the worst thing was that Bolpurev acted like he had just won the Pride Heavyweight Grand Prix Championship from Fedor Emelianenko circa... 2000, uh, what was it, 2016 or 17? Yes, 2016, 17. And I was, uh, this, not even, not only from a fighting perspective or an entertain, it was, it was horrible on all levels. It, uh, it was, uh, the, the only credit I could give to, uh, to Shimbashi, Shimbashi, is that he at least tried to do something? He tried to at least put on a. a he tried to do. Fight, he tried to fight. He actually tried to do something else besides lay down. And what you. I shouldn't say he, he shouldn't try to lay down because that's what Bullpure basically did. He actually tried to do something. That's the most I can say that's somewhat positive about this match. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to the reason why I that match to be the absolute worst thing that Ryzen put on in 2018 was because if you think about Ryzen 13, I mean, if you think about the events that led up to that show, aside from the typhoon, there really wasn't much to be talked. I mean, aside from the Tension versus Hoi Gucci matchup, there was barely anything to be talked about, but we all know that everybody was going to pick the Bob Sapo Sunarashi fight because, you know, it was just so bad it's good, so to speak. I, I don't, that is, that was, that fight was entertaining. Even if, uh, yeah, like you said, like you said, it, it's, it was so bad it's good. This fight was not, was not good in, in, in any percentage of what Osuna Sap was. Not even, uh, not even, there was nothing that, that that fight has on uh, that the two fights had with each other, they're on two. I will I will watch Bob Sapp versus Osuna, one thousand times, if that was the last fight that I could ever watch over, Bolpurev versus Shimbashi. Yeah, I mean, I just hope that Shomashibi side gets another chance to fight in Rise, but I really hope. That when it comes down to picking another Mongolian MMA fighter, no matter what the weight class, they better make goddamn sure he or she is entertained. That fight sure as hell was not. Even though he, Bolpurev got the win, Mongolian fighters for me are 0-2. You had, you had, you had uh, 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 how do you pronounce the guy, the first Mongolian fighter that they had? I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, Oscar Von, 
Yeah, so, so far, uh, Mongolia is 0-2 for me in their in fighters that I've enjoyed. They may be 1-0. I mean, to be honest, you could even say that Jairzinho Rosenstrike versus Andre Kovalev was better than that Shibisai Bullcrap fight. Well, that, you know, that was one of my runner-ups as well for for uh, worst fight. Um you know, remember that fight? You had you had the if, if, if he, it started with a yellow card, because and I think you put it best was that Jair Rosestruck was greasier than a bucket of KFC. I think that's what you said. Yes, I do remember saying that, and now Jairzinho is in the UFC. Well, he better the grease better be put in the back, because if there's only thing that the UFC allows is Pico Grand's Tarana Ball, they still don't allow greasing, so. He better move on to something. He he better leave that of the, the grease bucket in the locker room. Don't even think about greasing yourself in the locker room. Grease it. I mean, grease your ass out in the parking lot or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also put um uh Ant as a possible run up as well. Ante Delia versus Ricardo Pracel, uh, which is also on the same card. And actually, both fights, I believe. Uh, Delia Prasel fought. Uh, that, that was after Rosenstruck's uh, match um, that happened. I believe they were back to back, if I remember correctly. Yeah, back to back. And yeah, you, you know, you thought you, you figured two heavyweight fights. One with a guy who was undefeated, who had knocked out all of his opponents. Uh, that was Rosenstruck. Uh, and then following that was the uh, protege of Krokop, Ante Delia. Uh, you think, oh, these two guys, these two other guys are gonna murder their opponents, and that's the and then potentially face off against each other, which now we probably might never get that. Uh, I think it's probably for the better, because uh, both their fights were nothing, uh, were nothing to be at all entertained by. Ante Delia was it was it was like it was like watching both it was like watching paint dry. With him, uh, with him fighting with Jair Rosenstruck, it was it was more watching. It was watching. I was it was like watching a really long, boring movie. I'm trying to think of like what would be a good uh, example um, of a long, boring movie that I've seen recently. Um, but uh, yeah, um, and actually, funnily enough, all three fights were uh, were open weight heavyweights. Um, well, two of them were heavyweight. The other, uh, both your one was was heavy or was open weight. So, um, I guess if you wanted to say if there is any other fights that were that were awful, um, there, there was really no. There, that's the thing is that there was really other than those fights, there was really no bad fights overall in Ryzen. I would say, um. You know, there was no, there was nothing on a level of, of, of um, uh, what was the, uh, the, what was that big heavyweight match, um, uh, Lewis, um, Lewis versus Naganu? Nothing of that level bad, other than maybe the Bullpirev match. Hmm. I think that even the Lewis. Fight was better than that let's go into the positive category so uh, let's we'll start off with a 
a more fun category, and we talked a little bit about before uh, that Ari Hawani gave uh, as well. But uh, walk out of the year. One of the things we we love about Ryzen, these fighters come out with with crazy walkouts, and you never know what it's gonna be. Crazy, it, it could be a great a great entrance song. A costume that's that's just is just you wonder like how the fuck did they create that or or what went through their head or you know just something memorable in their walkout you know this, this isn't UFC where everybody comes out you know and you know everybody has yeah, this... they come out do nothing and just go straight to the cage yeah rise is about his entrances are just better you know yes they are they are. Uh, and, uh, Christian, uh, I don't know if we'll have the same pick, uh, we might, uh, but, uh, I'd like to hear who you picked for walkout of the year for Ryzen 2018. Basically, my pick for best entrance is the Miyu Yamamoto entrance at Ryzen 13, because, obviously, she just came off of dealing with the death of her brother, Kid Yamamoto, 12 days prior to this fight. So the emotion of her coming out to kids entrance team, TOKs, I believe, and then the Fuji's ready or not. I mean, you can see the emotion that was on her face. You can see the emotion that was pretty much going through her at that time because you know that it was going to be a tough night for her, but you just knew that it was going to be something special. That's a, that's actually a great choice. Um, yeah, Miyu coming out, you know, this was, uh, there was a lot of emotion going that fight, and yeah, it was all over her face, and you know, coming out to the, to the songs, and also she did, uh, earlier in the, uh, on the card, she had done a, uh, they had did a, uh, a memorial, uh, for, uh, Kid Yamamoto, and she came out to speak, if I remember correctly, um, well, actually, if I remember correctly, both she and her son Ursin's—I mean, her and her son Ursin said something. Yes, yes, uh, and both spoke in English as well, by the way. Um, oh, yeah, right, because we already know that the Yamamoto family—that the Yamamoto family blends their English and their Japanese pretty damn well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and yeah, you know that was—that's a great choice for a walkout, especially you know. You're an old school JMMA fan. Uh, it would definitely that something like that could definitely impact you a lot more. It, you know, if, knowing if, especially if you're familiar with the with kids' history as a fighter. Um, and yeah, great choice, great choice. Um, for my pick, it's the same card. Ironically, also the same fight. But it is not Miyu Yamamoto. It is for Andy Nguyen coming out to Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson. Here's the thing. Yeah. I thought it was an incredible charismatic walkout that I wanted to dance along with her. That's how that's how that's how good and charismatic Andy Nguyen was when she came out to this song. Uh, and to this, and here's the thing as well. She's a fucking good dancer. I thought this was... Uh, well, of course. 
I thought that it was, it was just, it was, you know, you could, you could just, you know, for a walkout, you can just come out, walk down, you know, do whatever you want. You can, but Andy Nguyen, whenever she does her walkouts, she puts a little extra spice in them. Also, the cowboy hat helps. I, and, you know, it's, this, it was, in terms of, like, a walkout and what I, what, what I thought made, made the fight, I thought it, it, it added so much excitement to the match. Because it, it, you know, it just, it was just such an, it was, it was just, an, I don't know why, it was just an incredible song to come out to, and just the atmosphere as well. Um, you know, it, it was actually a great contrast to what Miu uh, came out to. You know, Miu's a lot more somber, a lot more emotional, and Andy's was like uplifting. It, it it got you it got you ready to see a fight. Got you ready to see uh, this 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 rematch. Uh, uh, in my in my opinion, a rematch I was really looking forward to. Uh, to really to really see this match. Um, I get what you mean. Did you have any runners up? Did you have any runners up or anything? Um, any other walkouts that uh, you like to give a shout out to? Well, to be honest. I mean, there are only a few entrances I would love to, you know, give shout-outs to. The first one that comes to mind for me was Jarzinho Rosenstrike coming out to Tupac's Ambitions of a Rider. Oh. <laughs> I mean, even though he was greasing his ass off, I mean, he still came out like a gangster. Yeah, oh, yes, I remember that now. I remember that he's now... I was so distracted by the fact that he was getting a yellow card and, you know, that his, about his, about being greased up. I totally forgot he got a Tupac. Oh my God, I forgot. Mm -hmm. The next entrance I would basically want to give a shout out to, and not so much entrance, but more like entrances, because, of course, Darren Crookshank came out to Rick Derringer's Real American. Oh, that's always the good. The same fight that Diego Brandao came out to... Sandstorm. Oh yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Two. That was uh, actually, yeah, that was also on the Rise of Thirteen card. Uh, I know that Crookshank usually comes out to um, Real American, but uh, yeah, that was a, uh, yeah, that that they both came out to put some pretty awesome songs. Yeah. Not a bad choice as well. Not bad choices at all, especially the Jared Rosenstruck ones. Um, if there's anything that good to remember about that fight is that he did come out to Tupac, so there is that. Oh, yeah, and uh, so did Miyu Yamamoto at the recent Rising card. Oh, yes. Uh, well, uh, what did she come out? Which, which song was that that she came out to? Changes. Changes. Yes, that was one of Tupac's last hits before he died in 1996. As for um, ooh, excuse me. As for me, the uh, some runners up. You know, he he was a really shitty fighter. He was probably the shittiest fighter of 2018. Um, probably worse than Bolpurev, just in terms of, of of training fight experience. But Osuna coming out dressed as a pharaoh, I thought was awesome. Uh, Osuna's 
Sunarashi's entrance with Floyd side of the moon. Yes, yes. I thought the costume that he had was pretty darn cool. He is he's an absolutely hot oh. he's an absolutely horrible fighter, but his entrance at least was memorable and that I still I will give him credit for thinking about putting some some effort into that entrance as opposed to the fight that he was in. At least had Josh Barnett in the corner, right? Ah, yes, he had Josh Barnett also yelling at him, yelling at him, um, and um, hopefully it'll be the only time that Osuna comes out dressed as a uh, pharaoh, because uh, he. I think we even we even came to the conclusion that CM Punk was a better fighter than Osuna Rashi. Um, other uh-huh. other uh, people I'd like to give a uh, shout out to as well. Hey, you know Darren Crookshank. Rick Derringer's Real American, anytime he comes out, you know, that's always just an exciting, it's exciting just to hear that song, that song just blast out, and when I was there at Ryzen 11, and he opened the card, um, you know, there's nothing like hearing that song reverberate inside an arena, it's just so cool, and just so, and just a majestic theme overall, and, uh, of course, it's always better when there's somebody other than Hulk Hogan that comes out to it. Oh, yes, espe- especially especially now, yes, especially now. But also, I would also like to give a, uh, you know, also Miyu Yamamoto as well, Rise of 13, coming out to the, uh, coming out to, uh, the you know, the Kid Yamamoto um, thing, as you explained, you know, that was also a very, a, a very emotional and very uh, important moment as well. Uh, for a lot of Fife fans and for her as well. And, um, I would also say Oka Sasaki coming out dressed as, I think it was Goku, maybe? When, uh, fighting against Manel Cape at Ryzen 14, I believe. I think it was... Uh, I think you were thinking about that real Goku guy that came out at Rise in 12. I think it was Shota Takiyo, right? Yes, yes, you're right, you're right, yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, you know, uh, great entrances from Ryzen, I think, overall. Um, hopefully, you know, hopefully we get more crazier entrances, uh, this, uh, 2019. Um, I just worry, you know, hopefully, if, Hopefully, um, Nobumitsu Osawa doesn't get any crazy ideas for any entrances. Because God only knows what that would be. Uh-huh. Uh, want to move on? Uh, would you like to go on to the next category, Christian? Uh, yes. What is the next category? Ah, well, the next category, I think, is a very, very hard one to pick. Because there are a lot of these this year. It, in that... The category of the submission of the year. Um, That's a tough one. Exactly. Um, I have my pick for winner, but I'd be interested to hear what your pick is first, Christian. Honest. There's a lot, so you know, yeah. if you got a tie, you know, feel free to say you got a tie. With the exception, with the exception of Rising Eleven, there was a lot of submission finishes to be had this year. Mm-hmm. But I think the best submission win for me of 2018 would be Kichi Kunimoto defeating Ryuichiro Sumimura via arm triangle choke at Rising Twelve. 
I, oh, yes. Because if you, if you think about it, Strasa Kunimoto, he was fresh from getting cut from the UFC. He was basically fighting this fight in tribute to one of his kitty cat friends mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who passed away. So he was basically coming into this fight with a heavy heart. Mm -hmm. But he did manage to take the win and in the most impressive of ways. And I think that it should give him another look in the rising ring. That's a great choice, and especially I think that was, there was one second left in the in the first round. I think it was right. Mhm. Mm it was three by five, three rounds, five minutes. Yes. Um. So yeah, you know, last minute, last second submissions are always great. Um, those are always those are always exciting because they make you think: Is it will the guy survive? Can he survive for ten more seconds? Five more seconds? Four, three, and then you know they just that one last second they just can't hold on and they have to tap out. Um, that's a great choice. That's an inc incredibly great choice. Um, yeah, it's funny that Ryzen 11 had no submissions at all. None. Uh, but one that had a crazy amount of submissions was Ryzen 14. And I have to give it to Yuki Matoya with the TP triangle choke on Justin Scoggins in the first round. Simply because... I have never seen a TP choke. Basically, for those that don't know, it's basically you form a your legs like a scissors on your opponent's neck, and then you pull down on them, basically cutting off their oxygen. Other than some old school UWFI uh, pancreas early shoot, though, you don't see a lot of scissor submissions anymore. You can see, you know, if you want to see a lot of scissor submissions, you should look at Minoru Suzuki's um, submissions. Because he used to do a lot of those submissions when he was uh, when doing, uh, when he started out as an MMA fighter. But now, you don't even, you never see them. Even, even from top jiu-jitsu practitioners, you never see scissor submissions. And to see this submission was totally, it, it just, I don't, I don't, I don't believe it's the first time to ever happen, but it's certainly the first one, the first time it's happened in a long time, and to get that choke, that type of choke, I was just blown away, that, how, that it happened, to see a, 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 a submission like that be pulled out, um, but do you have any uh any other any runners up, Christian? Um, to be honest, the only other runner up I have when it comes down to best submission of the year would have to be, and I'm basically doing this as I talk. Mm -hmm. It would have to be Kanako Murata. Tapping out Lanchana Green at Rising Ten. Oh yes. Via Anaconda Choke in the first round. Yeah. Oh yes, I remember. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. But if you think about it, Lanchana Green, she took this fight on what? It was about a, two weeks notice. I feel like it wasn't it less. I feel like it was maybe less. Yeah, it was. I mean, I mean, you're right. It was probably less because she was supposed to be fighting Melanie Gurgis. In England for UCMMA. Yeah, um, I think that yeah, I I remember. I feel like that was taken on like maybe 
almost a week's notice, maybe even less. But yeah, I remember that that submission. She uh, Murata basically steamrolled Lanchana Green, and when she got that, when she got that Anac that uh, Anaconda, well, it was an Anaconda choke, right? You said. Yeah, Anaconda choke, Anaconda vice. Uh, yeah. When she got that in, you know, it was over for Lanchana Green. Um, and you know, that's that's someone who I hope we can we can again see in the UFC, uh, not the UFC, the Ryzen, um, Ryzen ring is uh, Tanaka Murata. Well, either that or Invicta, because of course, she is currently. I mean, she is signed to Invicta, whereas she can fight in the. Exactly, yeah. Um, as for run any runners up that I have, you know, on the same car, Ryzen 14, you had uh, Miyata knocking, uh, using the getting the hammerlock submission on Arisan Yamamoto. Um, again, hammerlock submissions you don't see that often, and probably the one that's most famous is when Aoki. Um, Used the hammerlock to break. Um, I forgot who did he, whose arm did he break again? Was it um Mizuto Hirata's? Mizuto Hirata, who yeah. sadly is currently in the UFC. Yeah, um, he broke uh, his arm uh, and then uh, famously gave him the finger yeah. after that. He broke his arm and flipped his arm. Yeah. Just, no, he he broke his arm and he flipped him off. And I remember watching Sports Soup on the former Versus channel, now NBCSN, and seeing that clip and seeing the host, Matt Eisman, say, Translation, you suck! <laughs> Which I think, sadly, would be the microcosm of Mizuto Hirota's career. Mm -hmm. um, no disrespect to him being a former deep lightweight champion, of course. Uh, luckily, Arison Yamamoto's arm did not break, even though he tried to survive it. But, uh... It was still an impressive submission, especially because it was, uh, it, 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 was this officially Miyata? This wasn't his last fight. Isn't he having a, a, a fight coming up, I think? Or, uh, or, or a retirement ceremony of some kind? I don't think so, but... I thought he was having some sort of probably, a... I swear... Probably gonna backtrack from retirement. You think so? I mean, if he doesn't, I mean, I can't see him training... I can see him training the next generation of fighters out of his gym. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this will be the last we'll see of him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and um, also, uh, one one more runner-up. I would actually have to give it a, the same card as well. Uh, Ryzen 14 uh, would be uh, Darian Caldwell being tapped out by Kyochi Horiguchi by Guillotine Choke in the third round. Especially when it looked like Looked like Gucci was going nowhere. You know, he was just going to be wrestled, wrestled, uh, smothered for three rounds. Then he managed to get that one, that 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 guillotine choke in while in guard and tapped out Darren Caldwell. Um, I thought it was just a really impressive guillotine choke. Um, reminded me of when Shell Sonnen got that uh, guillotine choke out of nowhere on Shogun Rua from the I think it was from Butterfly Guard it may have been, and. Uh, yeah, you see, you know, especially because he was losing uh, that fight, uh, Horiguchi. In my opinion, I thought he was losing, and to, for him to pull that one out it was just amazing. But uh, there was a, you know, your Strasser Kitamoto's uh, and uh, Maratas, you know, just were awesome as well. It was a, I think it was a great year of you know various submissions 
um, that we got to see in Ryzen. And, um, uh, yeah. A any other thoughts, uh, Christian? I mean, to be honest, I just hope that we'll see more. Uh, I mean, we'll, I hope we'll see more fights in the Ryzen Fighting Federation and via submission. Mm hmm. Uh, no disrespect to the knockout. No disrespect to ending a fight via decision. But I just hope for more submissions. Mm-hmm. Well, we can we we'll discuss knockouts now because that will be our next category that we move on to is knockout of the year. Uh, and there was a lot of knockouts, both in kickboxing and in MMA. So if you picked one from kickboxing, you know... I totally get it. If you get picked one from MMA, I get it as well. So, you got a lot to choose from this year. Uh, excuse me, last year. Um, in terms of uh, knockout. So, Christian, if you have your, your knockout of the year, you know, go ahead and tell My us. My choices for knockout of the year are actually, I mean, it's actually a two-way tie. Oh, damn. Because they both happened on the same card. I mean, they went back to back. And it was sort of like some blinking if you miss. It was sort of like some blinking you miss it type of shit. Mm -hmm. The first fight I'm going to give Knockout of the Year honors to for 2018 is Tenshin Nasukawa knocking out Yusaku Nakamura. Oh, yes. I mean, even though, even though, yeah, of course. Nakamura, uh, former king of Pancras, he was out of his comfort zone, but he knew what he was stepping in. He knew what he was stepping into when he was facing off against Nasukawa, and unfortunately, that played very, very bad for him. Mm -hmm. And of course, the second knockout I'm gonna pick, and you probably know it more well than I do, the t the nine-second knockout by Kyoji Horiguchi. That made Ian McCall retire. Now that fight, obviously, that was one of the fastest knockouts in modern... That was one of the fastest knockouts in Ryzen Fighting Federation history. And up until this past card with the... I Shimizu... I mean, up until this past card with the Kalawatanabe finish of... Shizuka Sugiyama, which is my runner-up. That was the, I mean, that was one of the fastest finishes in Rise and Fight in Federation history. Of course, you're not going to get any faster than Melanie Charles Bennett versus Philip Manuel Kimura. But still, that fight was, that fight was like one of a kind because you never see, you almost never see Kyoji go for a knockout. You mostly see him go for a submission, but not that quick. So, yeah, those two fights, Nasukawa Nakamura and McCall versus Nas, I mean McCall versus Horiguchi, or actually Horiguchi McCall, those are my two picks for fight. I mean for knockout of the year with the Sugiyama Watanabe two fight being my runner up. Your thoughts? Oh, they were, you know, just the, the difference between those two knockouts uh, was two seconds. Just imagine, though, if, you know, if it had been any earlier, it could have actually been 
less than Horiguchi McCall. Or even, it could have even tied. How crazy would that have been? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, and especially on a card, we, uh, the smaller card like that, you know. I mean, obviously, the McCall one was gonna is obviously going to get more more of the publicity because, you know, it was McCall. Ian McCall um, is a bigger name. But, you know, if you make, you know, if Charles Bennett can make his name again in seven seconds, then I think that Kano Watanabe could have done the same thing had it actually been a short time span than, um, than the Horiguchi-McCall fight. But, you know... Both are great knockouts. Um, I, I would the best thing about the best thing about them as well is that they were you said it best. They were blinking or missed it. And the funny thing is, I initially blinked. I looked away, and then the knockouts happened, and I had to see him on, on the full fights on the replay. I can say that that actually happened for both fights. It's amazing. You know, the, the, those two fights were just they just ended so 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 just spectacularly. So suddenly. So suddenly, yeah. Especially, especially the E. McCall one. Um, because going into that fight, nobody, I don't think anybody think, nobody thought it was going to end that fast. I don't believe, if somebody came up to me and said, hey, you know, that E. McCall Koriguchi match, you know, that's going to end in, that's going to end in 10 seconds or 9 seconds. I'm going to, I'll be like, no, it's not. How the fuck can that happen? And yeah, I know that when it happened, initially happened, there was some question about, well, was this an early stoppage, that sort of thing. You know, you're always going to hear about that with any stoppage that's like, that's like that, that quick. But... That was no early stoppage or anything. That's, I mean, Boy Gucci knocked McCall flat the fuck out. Oh yeah, so you know, when I rewatched it a few times, I, w- I then knew... Yes, he was down. Yeah, he did a somersault, but he was clearly, he was out of it. He was, um, his, his, that, that time span between when he was punched in the face and when he was rolling, he was not there. So, in that case, I had no problem with the stoppage. Um, so, you know, with the Watanabe, uh, Sugiyama one, initially I thought, oh, that was an early stoppage. But then again, when I heard, when I rewatched it, I heard John McCarthy explain about different types of knockouts. I was then, you know what? That was an early stoppage. That that stoppage was just right. And you know, you know, it's, and you know, it always, you know, it sucks when you know, you were a referee and you gotta make that decision. You know, you know do I let him be a warrior? As uh, as a famous uh, referee once said, uh, um, and uh, or do I stop the fight as soon as I see? Or feel that there's a knockdown. If you think about that warrior phrase, I'm pretty sure Mario Yamasaki was, you know, getting a little too high on his own supply. That's why people hate his ass. Exactly. And, you know, yeah, you know, there's there's, there's that case. Or, you know, you could be the uh, Mazagai type where, you know, you just wait for somebody to die, basically. Um, but uh, regarding my pick for knockout of the year... We will both be in agreement somewhat, and that my knockout of the year of Ryzen 2018 was at Ryzen 10, Kyochi Horiguchi versus Ian McCall, and you basically summed up everything that I about that knockout, and it's it was just it was just an amazing it it was just so amazing and so many uh, I can't even put it into into my into words just like how amazing of a knockout that it was and especially 
it's cement. I think that I think that the, even though Horiguchi had already won, he won that uh, the Bantamweight Grand Prix. I think that still people were not sold on Horiguchi as a fighter. And I think with this knockout, I think this this one really cemented him as okay. We gotta start paying attention to this guy as a bantamweight. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that because you know because Ian McCall, you know, he you know at one time he was number would you say number one or number two uh, flyweight in the world? Well, if you think about it, Ian McCall hadn't had a fight. I mean, if you think about it, he was just getting off of not having a fight in four years. Yes. And- Obviously, the controversial loss that he had with Manel Cape yeah. in the Bantamweight Grand Prix. So, he was pretty much all but unranked at this point. Well, in ter- but in terms of, of the pedigree of, of Ian McCall, everybody know we all know that he's a, he's a good fighter. You know, some argue that he that he beat uh, Mighty Mouse in that first uh, in the first flyweight tournament to crown the uh, champion. I think he did. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I thought that McCall beat Demetrius Johnson. And then, My thoughts are different because I didn't really see the fight. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's... To, no, I, nobody expected Ian McCall to go out like that. And to retire, to, you know... Yeah, like you said, Horiguchi retired him with, that, with the way that he, that he defeated him. And I think, yeah, that's when... I think that's when Horiguchi started... People started to pay more attention to him as as a potential fighter of the year candidate and well, top uh, bantamweight in the world. Because you know this was this was this was the first outside of Japan. It was the first non-Japanese big name that he defeated while in Ryzen, and you know that's I think that was that was the biggest factor. You know that that made. People want to pay attention to, to Horiguchi. Other uh, runners up. There's a ton, there's a ton, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna knock it down to three. Darren Cookshank knocking out Diego Diego Brandao with that beautiful jumping knee. Uh, Ryzen 13. Um, oh yes. Um, it, it's you know, whenever you get a Darren Cookshank match, you get pure violence. Uh, and when you have Diego Brandao, you're gonna even get more violence. And that's exactly what happened. You got pure violence with that that beautiful jumping knee that uh that uh, uh Crookshank uh did to uh Brandau. Um also uh Gomi, Takanor Gomi knocking out Melvin Gillard. I'll also add a uh missed weight Melvin Gillard at Ryzen eleven. Um Yeah, I mean to be honest. I mean, to be quite honest, when it came down to you, y'all, his mind was just on other things, and unfortunately now, that includes a criminal record. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, before, uh, you know, his, uh, his, all this shit happened, um, you know, he, he got, he got a fire Ryzen, we thought, okay, a lot of people were not looking forward to this match, for good reason, you know, both were coming off long, Losing streaks, uh, and with Melvin Gillard missing weight, you know, it didn't help matters. 
uh, with this fight happening. Also, actually, initially as well, this fight was supposed to be Gomi versus Andy Sauer, but Andy Sauer defected to 1FC, so they had to get so somebody to replace him, and so they got Guillard. You know, can't fall Ryzen for trying to find somebody, you know, last minute. Well, uh, when this match happened, uh, I was in the arena, and that that crowd was hot for, for Gomi. And when... Uh, when Gomi knocked him out, that was one of the loudest crowd reactions I've ever heard. And I for seeing the seeing their guy winning, I'm sure there's been a loud. I'm sure that the uh, that that the that the uh, whoever whichever team wins the Super Bowl next week, you know, um, well, you know their hometown will probably go crazy, you know, in the in the stands. But I can tell you that uh, that crowd was all for Gomi, and they were all it, it, you they were they were you couldn't there was. It was the best thing also to happen because it was right after that Bull Purev match that happened. And, you know... Yeah, basically that entire Bull Purev versus Chibi side belt was like a piss break belt. It, it was a mood killer. And for Gomi to come out and be, and get that get that win back, you know, it now puts, you know, it also put a, 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 a target on uh, Gomi as well. Now everybody wants to fight Gomi. You got debt. You got... You got uh, Johnny Case wanting to fight Gomi. You got Damian Beatdown Brown wanting to fight Gomi. And now, you know, we have a possibility. We have the lightweight Grand Prix. So, you know, in a way, you know, him winning that, winning that, it helped that the lightweight division. It really, it really made the the lightweight division. I guess it it, it made it still uh, uh, a um. I'm trying to think of what the word is, but it, it still it, it was. Yes, a little bit more serious, a little bit more spectacular. Absolutely, you know, I probably, you know, when Crawl and Gracie was in their featherweight division, he was making their featherweight division exciting. Now that he's on his way to UFC, uh, now there's no featherweight division. But now that you know, Gomi rejuvenated the uh, uh, lightweight division, or you know, it kept it, it kept it, it kept it safe. I guess you could say it made it made it it made it feel like it was. That there's great things that come with the um, with that, and also it was just great to see Gomi get a win back um, after those uh, after his long losing streak. As for Guillard, you said it best. He has now has a possible. He's now facing criminal assault charges. Um, and well, you know, if you're not a fan of him in Ryzen, you'll probably never see him ever again. That was the knockout of the year category. Uh, I'd like to next move on to the show of the year category. I would all their shows were were great in a unique way, but I had one pick for one show that I thought was the well I thought was their best of the year. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you're gonna have the same one, but uh, I'm interested to hear what you have to say, Christian. I mean, come to think of it, what was your favorite show of the year? My favorite show of the year. Uh, Ryzen 11. Oh, let me guess. The knockout field card? Oh, yes. It was just like knockout after knockout, knockout after knockout. Bull Purev. Knockout. 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 And, yeah. Um, now, I know that, um, I was there, so I do have some live in-person bias. I understand there's that, but I did watch some of, some of it when I got back on YouTube. It was, I think, overall, in terms of what a Ryzen card, the excitement that it can deliver. I think it was minus the Bull Purev match. It was 
all there. It felt it felt like an old school pride card where people were getting finished left and right. The matches that weren't finishes were inc were incredibly exciting. Um, you had uh, the the three the three matches the four matches that weren't that didn't go to a uh, finish were the were Yam Miyu versus Ishioka, Bopira versus Shibiasi, uh, Horiguchi versus Okikubo, and Azakura versus Kubota. Yamamoto versus Ishioka was an exciting match because this was Miyu's real big test as an MMA fighter. You know, she had gotten one win before that, but uh, I think it was against Cassie Robb, was it? I believe? Uh, yes, it was. But let's be honest. The woman who's now apparently stripping down the pole of obscurity. Let's be honest, you know, Cassie Robb, you know, she's not elite MMA, but uh, Ishioka is on a higher level of MMA uh, caliber than Rob was, and for Miu to pull out this this win, a very close win, by the way, where all, again she she got caught in armbar and she may have could have almost gotten finished. She was able to come back and get get a win, and basically she's she hasn't lost a fight since, and that it was an incredibly exciting match. We already talked about Bolpriev and Shibisai, and it sucks, you know, that goes without saying. But the Horiguchi Ogikubo match on that card, um, I was not initially a fan of because I was like, why the fuck would you have this? Because Horiguchi lo loses this match, then his stock goes down as a fighter, and then and if Horiguchi wins, then like he already defeated a guy who he already defeated years ago. Why why have this fight? But the fight was incredibly exciting from a point of Ogikubo, and I think the Rising Confessions videos helped this, with this as well. Ogikubo. Is like living in a, in a shitty apartment. He's I don't know what what he's doing for income, but he seems to not not be in the best places right now. But when he went to his fights, he went into this fight with I'm gonna win. If I don't win, I'm gonna die on my sword. And he was cut open to this fight. He was fighting for submissions. He was throwing caution to win and basically said I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna throw everything at this guy and I hope that something sticks. And while he didn't win... Basically, Ogi Kubo was depressed and he was fighting on pure adrenaline. Exactly. He was fighting on... Yeah. He he did not... He he was... He was he was a, a, a possessed monster during this match. Uh, and while Horiguchi defeated him in every round, it was... It was the... The fighting spirit of Ogi Kubo that made, that made this fight so compelling. Maybe he could win. Maybe he could get something. But in the end, he didn't. But nonetheless, his fighting spirit is what made this made it a, a watchable fight and earned my respect. Uh, and hopefully, he'll be back in a rising show in 2019. And then the main event of that was uh, Khan Azakura versus Reina in a uh, rematch from their um, Adam Weight uh, Grand Prix match. And you know, you had Reina coming out to um, uh, the old, um, oh, what was the uh, the group song? Um, you, um, it was NWO and, Japan. NWO Japan. She yeah. came out to Masahiro Chono's. That was it. Chono's team, and she, you know, she was dressed up in, with the Reina World Order get up. She was dressed in all black. This was a new Reina. This was this was a different Reina that we got in there, and so it made a compelling match. Can Reina get her win back, or could Wakana submit her so quickly again? It was, again, it was an exciting fight from a fighting spirit perspective of. Uh, with Reina being the underdog and Kana not being the underdog going to this match, 
And I thought Reyna was going to win. But, you know, we just saw how good Kana was. Um, we, but we also saw that Reyna learned from her mistakes. You know, she got her back taken, but she didn't get, uh, she didn't get some, she did not get, uh, submitted at all. Um, she was able to survive three rounds and it was just an excite. it was just a great way to cap off a, uh, this card that had, had where every other match was, was a finish, you know, Randall, Kitaoka, uh, knockout, uh, Top Noi, um, uh, knocking out Onibuzu. Uh, Crookshank knocking out uh, Santos with brutal elbows that just cut him like like a cheese grater. Gomi and Giard, like I already said, and uh, Prochas Jiri Prochaska uh, knocking out Bruno Capoloza. You know, going that long light heavyweight wing streak that he's had. And oh, how can I forget uh, Kaito knocking out uh, Usa Usa Strong with the uh, with an. Uh, yep, uh, knocking him out of it once again with a. Uh, uh, Usa's uh, Achilles heel, a knee to the uh, knee to the chest, and also put Kaito Ono on the map as well. Actually, when when we're done with the awards, something I gotta tell you as well that I learned about Kaito Ono. Um, but uh, I'd like to hear you as well. I'll hear your pick. You know what? What's that? You know what? That's that reminds me because my favorite card was the one that came after Ryzen. Was the one that came after. The Ryzen 11 event was the Ryzen 12 event, the one that took place on August 12th at the Aichi Professional Gymnasium in Nagoya, Aichi, Japan. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, even though, yeah, you got the three, I mean, you got the four kickboxing belts that were actually the five kickboxing belts that were on this card, you had Angela Magana stinking up the joint before Kanako Murata tapped her ass out. <laughs> and you had, no, you had Caitlin Young defeating Reina Miura, making her comeback. You had Rocky Martinez knocking out Samurai Mark Hunt. And you had Luis Gustavo knocking out Yusuke Yachi. But the thing is, Kaito, in case you haven't known, he's sort of, I mean, I'm not surprised. If he's gonna be, I will not be surprised if he ends up being a big deal in combat sports for 28. I mean, for 2019, because if you've seen the, if you've seen the way that he had that fight, I mean, the way that he fought at Rising 11 compared to Rising 12. I mean, that was pretty much on night and day, even though Rising 12 showed a little bit more of a competitive edge, you know what I mean, rather than just a quick knockout. I get what you're saying, yeah. That was, overall, that card was a very... Was I mean, a, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Christian. I mean, to be honest, when it came down to Kaito Auto fighting at Rising 12, I thought we... I mean, I thought when it came down to that fight he had at Ryzen 12 against Sho Ogawa, he displayed a little bit more of his endurance. Mm hmm. I agree, yeah. Agree? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely compared agree with that, yeah. To the Ryzen of, yeah, compared to the Ryzen 11 fight he had with Uza Strong. Mm hmm. Absolutely agree, yeah, yeah. Um. 
Question is uh, about that card as well. I also like the entrances of that card, where they where they had diff the fires coming out like in different parts of the audience. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. I thought that was very cool as well. It was a small venue. Yeah. Um. Uh. Anything? Uh, were there any other memorable fights on that card that uh that that uh you enjoyed as well? Oh, most definitely, I enjoyed Caitlyn Young making her comeback in the feet and reign of Europe, mm. which for Reina, it marked her second straight rising loss. And of course, when it came down to the main event, Luis Gustavo knocking out Yusuke Yachi, I'm really hoping that Luis Killer Gustavo gets another shot in the rising ring. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that Yachi, you know, comes back because uh, as you know, this was his first loss in Ryzen, and then he had his second one at Ryzen 14, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, I would love to see Luis Gustavo come back, and for Yachi to uh, make a comeback as well from this uh, losing streak. Um, and speaking of, actually, uh, King Reyna, she's got uh, she's got to return to MMA in a few weeks, I believe. Is that right? Uh, yeah, she's supposed to be fighting on this Deep Jewels card. Yep. Does she have an opponent now, or is, has an opponent been any sort of opponent announced? Uh, and I'm checking right now, but to be honest, that's another person who I think wouldn't mind benefiting from another opportunity in the Rising Ring. Sure. King Reyna. As long, you know, like I said, you know. And as far as King Reyna's next opponents, let's see, da 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 There's only one Mao Ueda that I see when I look, look it up on Google, and it's a model who looks like she maybe weighs maybe ha weighs less than half, more more than half of what uh, and I'm sorry, less than half of what King Rainer weighs. So I'm assuming this is not the same Mao Ueda. If it is, then oh boy, I hope that Mao Ueda is a great MMA fighter because she's gonna get smothered to death by uh King Rainer. This is the same one. Oh, of course she is. Of course she is. Um, but uh, yeah, you know that's a good choice. You know, also, yeah, uh, that that was a very interesting car as well because it had a lot of you know, it had the most kickboxing matches on a Ryzen card that was not like a Grand Prix of some kind, and um, you know, whenever you know, I it was it was an interesting choice to have that many. I think. Uh, for a card, because you know usually they only have two or three, maybe one, but that one they had five, and that was, I was really surprised that they went that route of having that many um, uh, kickboxing matches, um. But uh, yeah, it, it, you know, I had one of my it had uh had Rocky Martinez versus uh Last Samurai Mark Hunt. I'll never forget that nickname as well, um. You think we'll... Oh, we'll, fuck. Kiyoshi Kurabara? Yes. You need to go ahead and drop that nickname. Uh, do you think... Do you, do you think we'll see uh, Rocky Martinez or uh, Last Samurai back well, in... Well, when it comes down to Rocky Martinez, 
And I guess the same thing can also apply for Yuki Motoya and maybe Alyssa Garcia. Maybe Victor Henry if he can get the upset against Yuki Motoya. It all depends on this Deep Jewels, I mean, Deep and Deep Jewels main card that's going to come up March 9th. If we'll even get a chance to see either of them again, or in the case of Victor Henry, see him for the first time in a rising ring. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, that'll be an interesting card to watch, especially if you're a Ryzen fan. Um, that, that deep card coming up. And, uh, I don't know, how, how, how do people watch deep cards, Christian? Is there a, a legal way to watch it, or do we have to go through the VPN route? Well, I mean, I think some of their events have been shown through YouTube as of late, but they've also shown events on the Fight TV app, or... At least they've shown a couple of events on the Fight TV app. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see. Because uh, I've never been able to watch a full card. I've only been able to see fights on uh, just, you know, individual fights through their actual YouTube, uh, for their official YouTube channel. Um, but, uh, you know, ho- hopefully one day there will be a way that, you know, there's got to be some sort of way, you know, watching watching their fights uh, live um, somehow. Um but uh, I mean, I know there was a time, and I think there probably still is, where Deep used to air their events in archive form on the Fight Network in Canada. Ah, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, unfortunately, us Americans don't. I don't. We don't. The Fight Network's not available in America, is it? Well, I mean, I think it is available, but we have to request it. Oh, one of those. Okay. Well, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully, they'll someone will have this that that, that deep card and the deep jewels as well available. But uh, speaking of uh, individual fighters, let's move on to the individual fighter soccer kick awards for uh, both male and female fighter. We'll start off with female fighter of the year. And before you give before you give yours, Christian. I'm going to have a drum roll because both these categories and the last one are very important. So, uh, we're going to start off with a drum roll for Female Friday of the Year. And this is Jay Christian Gary's pick. Hold on. Hold on a second. Who is your Female Friday of the Year? Despite her taking a loss against Ayaka Hamasaki at Ryzen 14, is Kana Asakura. What made you pick her? Well, if you think about it, <clears throat> she's in her early 20s. She got a great head on her shoulders, and I think that she's going to have the ability to bounce back from losing to Hamasaki because she had a great year this year, wouldn't you say? Uh, overall, yeah. You know, she lost against Hamasaki. You know, that was her one her one lone loss, but the rest of her she she was a she was undefeated throughout the year in uh, Ryzen, uh, and with impre- with impressive fights as well. Um, yeah, I yeah, you know, but. Still, if you think about it, the one fight she had was against Melissa Sophia Karajianis. 
No, and actually she had two fights. Yeah. Against Melissa Sophia Karagiannis and against Raina Kubota. Exactly, yeah. Um, so she had three fights and she lost, uh, she lost two of them. Uh, she won two of them, uh, but the, the loss she had against Hamazaki, I mean, Hamazaki is just, you know, she's on a different level, um, than uh, so many other fighters. Uh, and I think, you know, I, you know, I don't think one loss doesn't, doesn't derail her. Doesn't derail her MMA career. You know, I hate... This is one thing I hate about MMA fans is when, like, someone loses and they're like, oh, they were never that good. Kana has always been good. She just happened to lose... She, that just happened to not be her day. Um... Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I don't like it when... MMA... And to be honest, I think that when it comes down to... When it comes down to fighters, you need to know that even though it's not their best efforts, I mean, they still will have enough to... You know, pull through and go ahead. You know. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you have any runners up? Uh, for a female fighter of the year. Oh, my runners up are Miyu Yamamoto and Ayaka Hamasaki. And I mean, even though Hamasaki is the champion now, the rising super animate world champion. I mean, I think that we. We'll probably see more of Hamasaki in a bigger role. The same goes for Miyu Yamamoto if she can get more wins. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I think I think 2019 will be. I think will. Uh, you know, if they do do put up against uh do a title defense, I think I feel like Miyu has to be one of the at least one of the choices to be up there against Hamasaki if they don't do an immediate rematch with um. Uh, Asakura. Uh-huh. As for my pick for female fire of the year, well, it was actually one of your runners up. I picked Ayaka Hamazaki, and she went undefeated in 2018 in Ryzen uh, with two finishes, uh, finishing Mina Kurobe with a, uh, I believe it was a Kimura, Kimura lock, and then Finishing uh, Akana Azakura with that armbar, Rise of 14, and becoming the uh, Rise and Super Atomweight Champion. She did have another match with uh, Alyssa Garcia, which was her Rise and debut at Rise and 10. Uh, that went uh, that went the distance, but nonetheless, in all three of her fights, she looked, you know, I don't know what what where she's drinking from from the Fountain of Youth, but she does not seem to be slowing down as a fighter at all. Um, she's, uh-huh. she just, I almost, I would even say she's getting, she gets better. Every time I see her, she get uh, Hamazaki just seems to get better and better and better. Um, yeah, she's, she's just, she's only had two losses at, uh, Strawweight. She, I, as, as far as I know, she's, I think she is undefeated at, um, Atomweight. Um, and that, I don't see, I don't see how, uh. I don't see her if she with with that belt, you know. I don't see her losing it for a long time, and yeah, I thought that twenty eighteen was a uh, was her year, especially if, uh, with the um, the streak she had in Ryzen. Runners up, you know, Kaz Azakura, um, for the reasons that you, that you gave. I think that the the loss did um did did uh hurt her uh, didn't hurt her as as much. 
But uh, nonetheless, she, she, uh, in terms of ranking, she would be number two for me. In terms of there's an, an official Ryzen ranking. And then number three, Miyamoto. Um, I'm just, we're, you know, we're waiting for Miyu to get that one definitive finish in an MMA fight. At least I am. And I think that's what's going to separate her. Um, that will truly mark her, 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 her career progression as an MMA fighter when we get that, uh, when she finishes her first opponent. Which I'm really looking forward to one day. Uh-huh. I'm hoping to see Miyu get a definitive finish as well because, in a way, I think that she needs to get a definitive finish in order to vault herself into contention for the anime title. Oh, absolutely. I, I do agree with that, yeah. I mean, you know, you can you can, you can can wrestle your opponents to the ground as much as you can, but it will only get you so far, you know, especially with Hamazaki. You know, if if the two fight, Miyu has to think of a way to, to uh, I think, to probably knock out Hamazaki. I don't, I would never see her submitting Hama, uh, Hamazaki, but if Miyu, you know, Miyu's boxing has gotten a lot better. If she can do that, she may potentially, she can potentially maybe beat Hamazaki when that fight, if that fight ever comes around. Um, as for the next category, we do not leave out the male fighters because. It is now the male fire of the year category. And before you give your pick, uh, pick Christian, we're going to have a drum roll here. My male fighter of the year basically needs no introduction necessary. He is the current Ryzen Fighting Federation Bantamweight Champion. Kiyoshi Horiguchi. And I think you probably know the reason why. The dude beat a former Tachi Fight champion, a former King of Pancrase champion, and a former Shudo champion on the way to beating the current Bellator champion in the rising, no, a polarizing Bantamweight belt to be crowned the first champion. Well, how many... How many fucking fighters do you think wish they would have a dream year like Horiguchi did? Oh, the only comparable one would be Daniel Cormier, who just went, in terms of just what they achieved as a fighter. And, yeah, you just summed it up perfectly because that's that's exactly my pick as well, Kyoji Horiguchi as male fighter of the year. What else he... He even in a, even with his one loss in a kickboxing fight against Tenshin Nasukawa, he still managed to survive three rounds and looked great and still looked good in the process. So many people were 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 thinking, "Oh, Horiguchi's gonna get knocked out in that first round. He's not even gonna make it." But I think that's a te- that's more that's more of a testament to how good of a fighter he is that he that he managed to go all three rounds. With tension, and managed to also get some good punches on him as well. Get, got some, was able to connect some punches as well. That's a case where I think a, a fighter who loses looks looks good in losing. It's very rare to happen, but that's one of the few times it's ever happened, especially in a in a combat uh, discipline that he that he never had any pro experience in. This was the year of Horiguchi. It re- it really was. It was his, it was his year, and. 
you know, I know a lot of people pick Daniel Cormier as a fire of the year. Um, and I'm not going to argue against that, but I think Horiguchi, I think he just achieved a lot more. He, he did a lot more, and I think, you know, to, to his, 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 what he was able to do in a rising ring, both in MMA and kickboxing, was just, it was just very, was just awesome. He put on, he finished opponents. Uh, he put on exciting fights. Uh, she was able to make comebacks, and now he's also the Ryzen Bantamweight, the inaugural Ryzen Bantamweight champion. Nothing, nothing more needs to be said. Do you, do you have any runners up for uh, male fighters of the year? Well, my first runner up would have to be Yuri Prohaska because of the fact that he was just completely dominant throughout 2018 as one of the top foreigners in the Rise and Fighting Federation. Now, as far as my second runner-up, I mean, as far as my second runner-up, even though I know people are still saying that his fight with Floyd Mayweather was a fucking joke, it was fixed, it was all this bullshit, and you know what? Welcome! Because my choice, my second runner-up for fighter of the year for 2018 would have to be Tenshin Nasakawa. Hmm. And the reason why I'm picking Tenshin Nasakawa is because, like I said in the Rising 14 review show, I think this guy has a future when it comes down to being a top draw in combat sports. I mean, hell, in about two months, I mean, in about a month's time, He's going to be facing off in the Rise Grand Prix. And then he probably might face off against Justin Scoggins in kickboxing or MMA. And who knows how well his star will shine if he wins this Rise Grand Prix. But obviously, my two runners up are Yuri Prohaska and Tenshin Nasakawa. What say you? I won't have much to say because those two were mine as well. This is the one category where we had the exact same picks for everything. Well, I, minus the uh, the worst, mm-hmm. minus the worst fight of the year. But in terms of positive categories, this was the one that we that we uh, we we completely saw eye eye on. So going back to Horiguchi intention, though, I'll say this as well: why they also made it. They are both certified draws. Their fu- their kickboxing match, uh, Horiguchi intention, was a certif- was a dr- big drawing match. And that's and a lot they a lot that card drew the number it did despite being a tsunami, uh, rise of thirteen. Um, it that was the reason why that that card was a sellout, or at least was close to sellout. Uh, I think it was around twenty uh, twenty nine thousand people attend that show. Uh, with the fight later in the year, uh, with them both uh co- with uh Koriguchi co-main inventing and then tension. Main eventing against Floyd. Um, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, it was Floyd who sold it out. I think, you know, Floyd was a big factor in it, but also, I, I forgot that T brought this, brought this up when we, when we, um, went on the last show, the review show. That, um, the Ryzen, um, post, uh, press conference thing with, uh, Floyd and Tensions. Tensions has more views. Tensions ha- is at a million views. 
Floyd's is at half that, if I remember correctly. Tension is is a certified draw in Japan, and I believe that I believe that Tension versus the it wasn't Floyd versus Tension that drew. It was Tension versus Floyd that that drew. Does that make sense? If it had been Floyd, if it had been Floyd yeah, versus I mean, even though Floyd Mayweather basically yeah, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Christian. Even basically said he was the A side of that fight. Exactly. If that had been if it had been Floyd versus, I have no idea. What's um? Especially if it was Floyd versus Kaito Ono, I don't think that would it would have drawn, but not that much. The fact that it was Tension's name on there is why it drew. Actually, since since we're on it, um, I think I'll tell you this as well. So, this actually was a um Desmond Madden of um SteepTap.com uh, mentioned this. Apparently, before Ryzen 14, uh, the main event was uh, was was set in stone with Floyd. Do you know what the original main event was? Uh, tension versus Takano? Nope. You're close, though. It was supposed to be Tension versus Kaito Ono if Floyd didn't work out. Wow. Because remember how we... Mad, remember when Kaito Ono debuted... Yes. When it comes down to the... When it comes down to the tension versus Takaru fight, I'm really hoping that K1 and Ryzen does mend bridges and make that happen. It's just, uh, I think it's funny because we were talking about, you know, when uh, when Kaito, uh, oh no, uh, when he debuted with Ryzen, people were saying on Twitter, oh, I hope that Kaito and Tenshin have a match, even though they're like at two, like they're two weight classes above, Kaito is above two weight classes, uh, Tenshin is. <laughs> I, 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 you know, it's crazy to think that Ryzen 14, that was actually going to be the main event if Floyd and uh, Tension didn't work out. I can't believe that. I really, I just, I can't believe that. Um, but, uh, going on to the, the last and most, maybe most important category, I don't know, but it is the last category. There's many to choose from. So, if you, if, I, I don't know if we're going to have the same one. I'm interested to hear your thought. But before you do, uh, I'll introduce the category. It is the fight of the year. And that is either in MMA or kickboxing. Here we go with the drum roll. And then after the drum roll, Christian, I cannot wait to hear what you pick for fight of the year. seeing great 
even more great things from the Rise and Bellator partnership. And that fight between Caldwell and Horiguchi was just the first sign of all that. I mean, even though Horiguchi did defeat Caldwell via submission, and now that, I mean, now Horiguchi is going to invade Bellator to take that Bantamweight title from Caldwell, I think that's going to be the first signs of the Bellator versus Ryzen partnership. That is a great choice. Uh, do you have any, uh, it was a great, I mean, yeah, you basically summed up like how important that fight is um, for both Ryzen and Bellator. Um, do you have any runners up for, for fighter fights of the year in either kickboxing or MMA? Only, the only other, the only other runner up I have is Hori Gucci versus Nasakawa. Hmm. In kickboxing, because if you think about it, this was like a playoff of the Masato versus Kid Yamamoto bout that happened on New Year's Eve 2004. I mean, even though, much like that fight, the kickboxer did win, it was a damn fun fight to see. And to be honest, I would not be surprised if, you know, Nasukawa does tend to... I mean, I wouldn't... I wouldn't be surprised if Nasukawa faces off against Horiguchi with four-out scrubs in MMA. Mm. But that's probably a pipe dream. Yeah, maybe not now. Still, huh? Uh, probably not now at this point. I think Horiguchi would would smoke him in MMA fights. Um, but you know, he's only isn't he? He's only twenty-one now or twenty now? Tension. He's twenty. He's 20. He's 20. He so, was born in August of 98. So he's officially an adult in Japan uh, now. He can actually legally drink now. Um, so, yeah, Bob, you know, he's got many more years to learn about MMA. And, you know, mm-hmm. maybe down the road that can happen. I would, I would, not now though. Not now. Um, but those are two great choices for fights, for fights of the years. Um, and we will actually be in somewhat of an agreement uh, in terms of choices as my fight of the year was a kickboxing match between Kyoji Horiguchi versus Tenshin Nasakawa. And oh wow, and why did you pick this fight? The 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 when this match happened, just the atmosphere around it was it was a big what if. And I think you, you you basically best summed it up with, with the um, uh, with the uh, kickboxing match that uh, uh, Kid Yamamoto. Uh, oh my God, I'm having a brain fart. Who is his opponent again? Oh my God, Masato. Masato, yeah, uh, Yamamoto versus Masato, and that you know for for people that don't know that that match, I think it drew around like in terms of television ratings was around like 30 million people who watched it, I believe. It was a, a a huge number, and and it, uh-huh. and it, I think was it at the um, I don't think it was at the Tokyo Dome. Was it at maybe Sumo Hall? Nah, it was probably either at the Tokyo Dome or the Osaka Dome. Okay, um, I know whatever arena it was it was at, it was definitely a sellout. Because or least... I think when it came down to that New Year's Eve card, the. 
I mean, the K-1 car was probably at the Tokyo Dome, and the Pride Shockwave car was at Saitama Super Arena. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I'm actually curious to know where it was now. Uh, it was... It was, yeah, it was at the, uh... It, it says the Kyocera Dome. Is that, um... Uh, they call that the Osaka Dome? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um... And, uh, you, you, it was... It was a very... It had that, just that similar of, like... Can... Could this one guy defeat this other guy in his discipline? Uh, and can the MMA guy defeat the kickboxing guy in a kickboxing match? Uh, and I know a lot of people dismiss Horiguchi, but I just had a feel. I just knew that Horiguchi would not go down that easily. And they both, you know, they both went there to finish. This was this was them not getting points. They wanted to finish one another. Gucci wanted to finish Nasakawa. Nasakawa wanted to finish. Um, Horiguchi. Came close though, you know, that third round, you know, that uh that wizard uh spinneroonie kick thing that he did looked like it uh, rocked Gucci, but you know what? Gucci still managed to, you know, still managed to survive the uh the round. And like I said before, this was both fires look great in this. Uh and Gucci looked, you know, the big question is, you know, will I ever like to see Gucci in another kickboxing match? Absolutely. He was that good in that. I could see him, you know, if he wanted to go, if they wanted to do a, another kickboxing match against a, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe Topnoy or, um, I'm trying to think of who else they could get for uh, Gucci to fight uh, in a kickboxing match. Um... I don't think uh, maybe Usa Strong. Um, I think they're at different weight classes, but yeah. But wouldn't he have to? Wouldn't he have to drop like twenty five pounds or fifteen yeah. pounds yeah. just to face him? You know, here's the thing: Usa, they've been sending Usa in the in those catch weight matches. You know, hey, hell, make another catch weight kickboxing match. You know, continue the trend, Ryzen. Um, I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to uh, remember um, other kickboxing kickboxers that have been with um. Uh, actually going through Ryzen's uh, roster here of potential kickboxing fighters that could face uh, Horiguchi. Darvish or uh, Katai? You think either... Th- uh, they, they're both bantamweights. Either, I mean, some of the old Katai or Kuroki Darvish, I don't know. Would it be too... You think they'd be, they'd be too high level for him? Probably. I don't know. What, what, what about... I don't know when it comes down to... You never know when it comes down to kickboxing. I just that's true. That's true. I just think that I was so impressed with with Horiguchi as a kickboxer that I just wouldn't mind seeing him do that again. You know, he's already rising bantamweight champion. Who knows? He might be the the Bellator bantamweight champion in a few months this year. You know what? If the belt, if Ryzen has a uh, a uh, a Grand Prix kickboxing Grand Prix. I have seen no reason why, if he wanted to do it, why not put him in there? I mean, even if there's a, cha- or, or, or even have a championship, you know. If Gucci, you know, Horiguchi, you know, if he's gonna be the, the, um, the, um, the Styles Clash um, fighter, uh, who fights in every division at any weight class, uh, any 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 division, any any discipline, any weight class, you know what? 
I think I think he's the guy to do that. He 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 he'll just he could be a guy who just you know he'll take a he'll take any fight, no matter what it is or where it is. I think he's he can be that guy, and that's makes a that truly makes a fighter a great fighter. Uh, and 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 another you know if he if that happens this year you know what and he's successful, we you already have your Ryzen two thousand nineteen male fighter of the of the year. Uh, for runners up, um, for uh, fights of the year, um, I did um, so bad it's good. And oh it, lord, don't tell me. The Osuna versus Bob Sapp match, if only for the fact. Oh god. That it was. Why, In terms of. Why? It is not a good fight to watch if uh, from a combat fight perspective. But in terms of if you are a Bob Sapp fan and you just you know how shit he is, how shit he has been, and this is this is him turning it on in that first round after he survives that barrage. Some that fight it just clicked. The, the it was just Everything about that fight was just, it was a spectacle among spectacles of fights. And I was enjoying it from the, from the second it started. From everything from them, and from, from the commentators burying the match, to Bob Sapp, he, he, Osuna went to do a, 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 a takedown on him. And Bob Sapp reversed it and got top position. And was so oh, tired, God. he just had to lay on him. And in the third round, they both got yellow cards because they were just so tired and exhausted. This, they it, were fucking gassed. It was so entertaining. I was. It was the most entertaining fight that I saw of Ryzen in 2018. It was just so batshit insane, especially because I was not looking forward to this match. Everybody thought that Osuna was gonna was gonna steamroll Bob Sapp, but instead Bob Sapp he went into Bob Sapp in Japan mode and not and, and also broke his his I think it was his 13th fight MMA losing streak and is still two and zero. Uh, yeah, I think so. And is now two and zero against uh, sumo fighters. And uh, and not to mention two and zero and rising. Exactly. I'm sorry. He's three. He would be three zero because he fought Akabono twice. Um, uh, he's earned. Well, the... actually, he's two and zero and rising. Two and zero and rising. Yes, yes. Because he did have the uh, he did he had the uh, match with uh, Akabono and rising. Yeah. Um. But if you think about it, if you think about it, and we're gonna probably be getting to predictions in a small little bit. Yeah. But would you be excited about a potential sumo? I mean, would you be excited about a potential bout between Bob Sapp and Ball Tokaido Hoverson if Ball Tokaido would get enough money to come back? Yes, I would. It'd be an awful match, but I would enjoy it for its awfulness. Oh God. Sometimes, um, do you know the you know the film critic Pauline Kale once said, "You have to appreciate good trash as well 
as as movies that are great, something along those lines, and that. Oh, you mean like a cult classic? Exact. Not even a cult classic, but like something where I can recognize why it, you know, you know, compared to let's compare it to like the uh, the the uh, Bolpurev Shibasi fight, uh, Shibasi fight that happened. That match was nothing. Was them was was one guy doing okay. I'm gonna lay on top of this guy for three rounds and do nothing. I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna punch my card, get my money, and go back to Mongolia. Well, the the, the Bob Sapp Osuna fight was was two guys trying to survive three rounds, and despite getting gassed in the first round for both of them. Uh, yeah, first round, the beginning of the second round. You know, even though Osuna, you know, is maybe the worst MMA fighter of all time, he still was trying to. He was. He was running from those punches like like Bob Sapp was on fire, so I can't. I have to give him credit for at least trying to survive. So that's why I can appreciate that match. Um, and then you know uh, the other the other match that for me um, that was a runner up was um, or uh, other two was uh, Manel Cape versus Kai Zakura and uh, Yusuke Yachi versus Diego Nunez. Um, both you know. Both were just bangers, you know, just just amounts of violence that you know you can only see in Japan, and uh, in a Japanese uh, uh, MMA ring. So they were so good, just uh-huh. just great. Um, but that's that's it for the awards. And you, as you said before, Christian, we have predictions. We are calling them the Ryzen resolutions, where we pick. Three things that Ryzen, that we want Ryzen to do or not do. It could be anything. Uh, it could be a fight. could be a business move. Anything. What we hope for them to do in 2019, basically. And so with that, Christian, I would love for you to give your uh, Ryzen resolutions for 2019. Well, to be honest, my first resolution for Ryzen in 2019 would be, obviously, whatever not just the women's flyweight Grand Prix, but the lightweight Grand Prix, because you got so much talent in both of those divisions that I think that they're just ready to blossom out. And what better way to showcase all that talent than through some Grand <clears throat> The second, when it comes down to their three-tier system, if they're still planning on doing that, I mean, even though I know their first event is going to come up on Easter Sunday, which I think is April the 20th this year. Yeah, Easter Sunday, April 20th. I mean, I wouldn't mind them doing the three-tier system with Shudo, even though their own... I mean, even though now they're running a deal with 1FC... And deep. So whereas you got the small, the medium, and the large shows. And so whereas you got fighters from all over the world looking to get a shot in the rising ring. Kind of like those. uh... Basically, my second resolution with them would be for them to go ahead with the three-tier program. Small, medium, and large event shows. And my third resolution 
would be for them to, I mean, when it came down to the Ryzen 14 card, it was a fucking castle to try and get it streamed at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, because even though they had all the hype, all the pomp and circumstance behind the Mayweather Nasukawa belt, I mean, the belts for the rest of the card were being revealed little by little. And so, too, the, the way to see them up until the very last minute. So my third and final resolution would be, aside from them maintaining their relationship with Fight, or if it comes to be, maybe figuring out about a new partnership with the Zone or any other streaming service that's here in the U.S. But my main resolution number three Horizon would be to not pull that type of shit again when it comes down to getting the event streamed to the masses, even though when it comes down to Fuji TV, what they want, they'll get. But they need to realize that the folks around the world, the folks that actually care about Ryzen, they want to see their fights more than anything because they feel that it's an alternative to you know, the big fat in Las Vegas, the UFC. So, yeah, I think it would be better for them to improve when it comes down to announcing where the fights are going to be shown internationally ahead of time. That's that's a great one. Man, that's very important. And those, and those are my three resolutions. What are yours, Andrew? Uh, well, and, and uh, I'll start from, I'll start from the bottom up. Um, and my hope, and we talked a little bit about it before, was is hoping that a Bellator versus Ryzen card happens. Whether that's in Japan, whether it's in Hawaii, if it's in New York, that'd be great because then I could go to it. If it's in Texas, you could go to it. But you know, I don't. I, I think that would be an incredibly, a, an incredible type of card to put on. You know, I I can't remember the last time there's been a something versus something card. Um. Well, I know for one thing, the UFC tried to make that happen with Pride, but yeah. that just ended up with them buying them out completely. Exactly. Uh, I mean, and if you want to even up the stakes, as we said before, you know, you could do it USA versus Japan. Uh, have have guys from the USA, uh, you know, uh, Bellator uh, regulars fight off against Japanese regulars. I mean, there's so many you could do. Uh, you could do Benson Henderson versus Yusuke Yachi. Uh, you could, uh, you know, you could put main event that with the Horiguchi versus Caldwell thing. Um, uh, well, I'm trying to think of, of other fighters that oh, you could... Julia Budd versus King Rainer? Uh, yeah, that'd be great as well. Uh, what about, you know, um, uh, Pico, Aaron, you can even have one of your, uh, Aaron Pico by then probably will, it will be a much more established, uh, fighter, you know. Have him against go against a uh, a 145 er uh, of Ryzen or maybe a 135 er who can walk around at 145. Maybe yeah, an Aaron Peak uh, Aaron Pico versus uh, Oko Sasaki. Maybe I think that'd be you know there are so many compelling fights to make with a type of car like that that like I think it's it would be stupid not to do it. And if you really want you know uh, there was a great article I'm trying to remember where it was maybe in Bloody Elbow uh, that said that you, uh, it was basically. Bellator can't beat UFC, but it can compete with it. And that's one of the ways I think it can compete is by having strong, compelling cards. 
Um, oh heck, you know what? You know, if Fedor is not retired by then, if he wins tonight, if he wins that uh, heavyweight Bellator heavyweight championship, you know what? Have uh, you know, you can have um. I'm trying to think of uh, any uh, uh, Japanese heavyweights that are on there. Fedor versus Pokok or Fedor versus Prohaska. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, you can have something like that. Yeah, I know yeah, they're not. Yeah. Even Prokop versus Prohaska. That's the fight that many people want to see. Exactly, yeah. Um, you know, and I know that they're not, you know, Krokop, Prokoska are not Japanese, but let's be honest, they're basically Japanese enough that, you know, because they fight, they basically, they've made their name in Ryzen, so I would, you know, yeah, you could count them as being, like, Ryzen originals or something like that. Um, yeah, so doesn't... Well, actually, you can also count that as Krokop passing the torch. Exactly, yes, exactly. Um, yeah, there's so many compelling fights to make out of, and... You know, put on the zone, put on Paramount. But I think a I think I think a lot of people would be drawn to a card like that and would draw good ratings. I really do believe that. So you know, Japan, Hawaii, wherever the fuck they they want to have it, I think they. I hope they're working on it. That's all I can say. That's that's um that's number three. Um, number two. Um, you kind of touched a little bit on it. Um, I'm just gonna say you know. Uh, that, you know, I would like to see a lot, some more Grand Prix this year. Uh, whether it be lightweight, which I think, which is, which is look like it's going to happen. Whether that woman's flyweight will happen. Heck, you know what? Open weight for Gabby. You know, have something, you know, I want to see a lot more tournaments. You know, we're seeing a lot, a lot more MMA promotions besides UFC, of course, are doing tournaments this year. You have Bellator doing theirs. Ryzen did theirs last year. Um... I'm trying to think. There was another promotion that was doing um, tournaments as well. Uh, that 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 scene, the tournament. The tournament. Um. Oh well. PFL. Uh. Tournaments are coming back. Grand Prix are 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 become are coming back. And I think, you know, for Ryzen to establish the, the their individual divisions, I think they have to. You know, we have to start finding who the, the champions, who the faces of each division are going to be. So I definitely think that having you know, you know, doing more more of that this year. You know, if you wanted, to, if you wanted to do every division this year as a Grand Prix, no more like individual fights. You know what? I'd be fine with that. You know, have every you know lead up to a New Year's Eve being all the finals to all the um to all the uh, all the divisions uh to the, the the winners uh the uh, finalists. Um, I think that'd be a really compelling thing to do to have to have your your last card of the year be all just deciding a championship. Um, or defending a championship with the Bantamweight or the Superman-Adamweight championship, something along those lines. And then the f first one, and, you know, this will take a lot. It's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot of political posturing, but I can hope it can happen. Uh, Takaru versus Tension. Takaru versus Tension. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how it can, but it's got to happen. I think you gotta have you, you know, it could happen in K one potentially, and that wouldn't be bad. But I let's be honest, if it happens in Ryzen, it'll get a lot more eyes. I think. Um, that's not a knock on K one, but you know, at this point, I think it's fair to say that Ryzen is bigger than K one is right now, uh, and you know, that is a that is the, that is the money kickboxing match to happen. And, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that... We're, I think everybody's assuming that Tenja's going to win this Rise tournament that's coming up. Um, 
Interesting enough, though, they pulled out uh, one pulled Rotang out out of that, and I think a lot of people thought that that was probably was that was probably going to be the finals was Tension versus Rotang because they had a very close fight last year that went um that went six rounds, I believe, and some some people said that uh Tension lost that fight. Um, uh, you know, I didn't think he did, but you know, he did. He did look. He looked like a very. It was a very tough fight for tension in terms of kickboxing, but you know, Takaru may be the toughest one that they can do right now, and Takaru has fought for for Ryzen once. This was when Ryzen started before they had the fight TV deal and all that stuff. This was back in the uh, when you had to find Russian or Chinese uh, streams to, to to watch Ryzen, but. Yeah, but it was, I mean, no, I think it was after the Eversport.tv days. Oh, it was? Oh, wow, I feel like it was earlier. Um, I feel like it was earlier, okay. But, you know, I think that's the money. Because I think in 2016, they done Chinese show, which was in April 2016. They started showing their shows for free on Eversport.tv. Yeah, yeah, um, you know. I think that's the compelling, that's that's probably the most compelling kickboxing match to make in a long time. Maybe since uh, Bader Hari versus Rico Verhoeven. Um, I can't... Oh, shit, do you really want to repeat of what happened? I mean, no, I don't. Is trying their damnedest to put it back on. I, here, but here, you know, those are two of the biggest names in kickboxing, so I can't, I can't blame them for wanting to put on two money drawers on again, you know. There's a reason, you know... You know, there's a reason why repeat matches happen often. You know, that's why we may get Pacquiao Mayweather this year again. Who knows? Because you know, you just know that those money, that those fights draw money, and Takaru Intention could absolutely draw. I think could sell out a Saitama Super Arena main event thing this year. I really do think it can. Um, I would also just like to. Uh, I'm go- I'm going to just say as a runner-up as well. To the to the Ryzen uh, resolutions, and I think you're gonna agree with this as well. I want to see Vitaly Shemitov, Vitaly Shemitov booked in Ryzen in 2019. Shit, if he's not in a fucking rising ring in 2019, then it's a damn shame because this guy, he's been riding a 10-fight winning streak, and he's been undefeated since 2010. The dude's basically been the powerhouse ever since. I mean, you can ask Shannon the Cannon Rich, who he beat before. He's a tough motherfucker. And it's a damn shame that he's not getting... It's just too. He has to keep pandering to the folks on Twitter. He has to keep pandering to the folks through YouTube videos just to get himself on a rising card. And to be honest, it's a damn shame that Vitaly Shemtov isn't even considered for a rising card at the moment. But I'm really hoping, you are really hoping, anybody who's a fight fan should be really hoping for Vitaly Shemtov of Omsk, Russia, to be fighting on an upcoming rising card in 2019. Because if not, if not, maybe Nobuhiko Takada 
And Nobuyuki Sakaki Bon needs to get their fucking heads examined. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, we also do have some of uh, some uh, listener uh, Twitter responses as well uh, regarding their rising resolutions. And um, the first one is from at Teep to the Junk, uh, friend of the show, Teep to the Junk. He's his uh, rising resolutions are heavyweight belt for Gabby. That's Gabby Garcia. Lightweight Grand Prix. I think everybody wants to see that. And I think you know, I'll just say you know, it's it, it's gonna happen this year. I think it's gonna happen this year. Fado versus Krokop, wouldn't mind seeing that, especially if he wins tonight. And uh, well, I don't know if this about this one, but uh, it'd be it'd be crazy if it happened, because then it would happen. If it would have happened in UFC, it happened in Pride, and then it would happen in Ryzen. It'd be a traveling fight, a fight match, if you could believe that. Juan versus Rampage Five. Yeah, Juan the what are you? Are you shitting me? Do you really want to see Wanderlei Silva versus Rampage Jackson one more time? But if you think about it, how crazy would that be? Because that it would have been in a Pride ring, a UFC cage, and then back back in Ryzen ring. That would be three different promotions. I don't know if there's any other fight that would have, that could say that they that that's been fought in three different promotions. That'd be crazy. Think about that. Just like that's that blows my mind. I don't think yeah. Even, even though people would, I mean, even though fight fans would basically shit on it because they would see this as two men past their prime. Oh yeah. I mean, that would be a pretty delicious fight to be a part of. Absolutely, no, it absolutely would be. Uh, and then yeah, like I said, it, it, you know, you can they could both say that we fought, we fought in Pride, Ryzen, and UFC. That would that would I don't think there was any other. You know, you've had rematches from Strike Force to UFC. Probably strike a Bellator, all that stuff. Um, I'm sorry. UFC, Bellator. Yeah, I'm sorry. It'd be four promotions. What am I saying? It'd be UFC, Bellator, Pride, and Ryzen. So that's four promotions that it w- that fight would have been I in. Think, did they? I mean, did they fight in Bellator? Uh, didn't didn't uh yeah, Juan Lee Jackson uh, and uh yeah they did this uh last year. Uh oh, yeah, R- Rampage got the win. Um, well, damn. Let me double check. I believe it was Bellator. It was one of the last Bellator shores in um, was it November, December? Um, it was probably in September. I mean, I think it was probably in October. It was September 29th. Yeah, basically October. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bellator 206. Yeah, their first big oh. card on the zone. Oh yeah! Yes! 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 Oh my. Yeah, just imagine that if if that were to happen on on a uh, in a pride ring, I'm sure the Japanese fans would love it. They would eat it up. They would have no problem with it at all. Um, they would they would absolutely they they would. Right, it would take. I mean, it would be the first multi promotion feud. Yes. Between two fighters. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Expanding like decade like different decades by then. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I can't believe that. Oh, um, and on to the uh, last uh, Twitter response. Uh, it's from Mark QP, who's at uh, WMMA News. That's Women MMA News. Uh, great um, people to follow as well for all of your women uh, mixed martial arts news. Uh, they say um, agree with an open weight Grand Prix for the women. Um, develop a relationship a relationship with Invicta. 
which I don't know if they they I feel like they might have one now, maybe unofficially, because they do use Invicta not fighters. Um, get oh, not they should. listen to this. I think you'll like this. Get Hamazaki versus Ham rematch signed. Hmm. I mean, I know it would take some politicking with Road FC, but that would be a cool fight to see. I, I think you, Road FC could agree to that. I mean, Jehoon Moon, who's now fighting for their Bantamweight Championship, you know, came over to uh, uh, fight a rematch Kai Azakura. You know, and you get you get, you get get occasional Road FC fighters in as well. So, um, I, don't see, I don't see why that, that, you know, I don't see why they would have any problem with that Road FC. And the um, last one he brings up is bring back Alyssa Garcia and have her face Kana Azakura in a rematch. Hmm. I do want to see that rematch that at some point. Fine. I do want to see that rematch at some point, whether it's Deep Jewels or uh, and Ryzen. Um, I feel like that's a rematch that would have to happen at some point. Um, especially because Alyssa Garcia... Has a win over her. I still think that's important. Um, but uh, yeah, I know Alyssa Garcia. You know she uh, she uh, recently left uh, Combat Americas, but she is on a two fight or three fight win streak, I believe, through um, other promotions. I believe. Yeah, those two have to clash again at some point. We actually do have some other questions that I would like to answer as well. Um, Let's see, these are from Bill Steele, who's at Losty2, that's number two. He keeps on sending this, I think it's funny. Yeah, he says, think Ryzen can hang more lights? They need more rigging. He's always pulling shit like that, and I think that's, I think that's funny. But uh, his, his actual questions are now, um, do you, uh, Ryzen, now of 100% less Floyd? Do you think we'll see less Floyd in 2019? I hope I hope Floyd is done. I hope Floyd is just will just pay attention to this Pacquiao thing and leave Ryzen alone. I don't want I don't want him getting involved with Ryzen anymore. I really don't. Um, I understand because it probably could it probably could fuck up like the it, everything. It could Marvel fuck up everything. Right? <laughs> it could really fuck up everything. I wish I could just say you could fuck up one thing, but let's be honest, it could fuck up, it could, what, it will just create one problem, it will create one small problem that will expand into a hundred, it will create one big problem that will expand into a hundred smaller problems, and we don't need that for Ryzen, Ryzen doesn't need that, Ryzen's on a, on a gr great high, don't want him to screw it up. His next question is, do you have any ideas to acquire more talent to feed through Kyoji Horiguchi? Hmm, well you got the, you got the Bellator thing coming up. Uh, with him and Caldwell, in terms of who who else he can fight, you know, the uh, two potential matches are, you know, two big matches that uh, you could um, do with him are in Ryzen or Okazazaki or or Yuki Matoya, I think. I don't know who else. Who else do you think could be uh, could be uh, fed to Horiguchi, uh, Christian? 
to be honest, I think if anybody, Sasaki, I think that Okusasaki, I think that Yuta Okusasaki is a bigger threat to Kyoji Noriguchi in Rise, and if he wins one, maybe two more fights. Mm-hmm. Well, that's also why I was saying that, you know, it would be interesting to see Kyoji in kickboxing because, you know, if he steamrolls all these guys in MMA, he's going to have nobody. What's he gonna, he's going to move up to 145? I don't think so. Um, uh, so, you know, he might, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he were to just, you know, or unless, you know, Ryzen were to say, you know, hey, we'll loan you, um, we'll loan you Kyoji if we can have uh, Fedor or something, do a trade or something. But I don't think Ryzen would want to do that. Kyoji is, is one of their top guys. Um, yeah, he's, be, he's becoming, he's becoming, uh, Ryzen's Mighty Mouse for UFC, where you're just running out of people to, fu- to have him fight. He's that damn good. Yeah, but hopefully he won't, hopefully he won't be going to one episode. Oh, God, no, that'd be terrible. Uh, that'd be terrible. Um, let's see, his next question is, is there anyone who, that hasn't fought her yet to give Gabby a match? Yeah, there's quite, a, there's quite a few. Um... Uh, Catalina Kovaleva, uh, that's the, um, she's the, uh, the tall kickboxer, right? Oh, Catcher Kovaleva. Kovaleva, yeah. He's talking me. about Gabby Garcia, right? Yes, uh, is, uh, yeah, Bill Steele asked if there's anyone. I think that's the one fight. Yeah, that's the one fight that Gabby Garcia seems to be ducking, the Kovaleva fight. I don't, see, I don't see why she should. Uh, oh, and by the way, just uh, just on that, uh, congratulations to Gabby Garcia for uh, getting married um, recently as well. Yes, congrats on finding somebody to love. Congrats for Gabby Garcia finding someone that loves her for who she is. Yeah. And not what the press or what marks think about her. So, yeah, you know, there's that match. I mean, in terms of who hasn't fought her yet, I mean, well, I mean, if you want to do... A rematch with Lady Tapa, you know, you could do that, but I know they've already fought. Uh, oh, you could also do um, um, Yoshi Yoshihiko from uh, Road FC, who, uh, for those that don't know, is a uh, Japanese. Not Yoshiko Hirano. Listen. Not Hirano, because if you think about it, Hirano carries, what, like, about a good foot in height disadvantage? compared to Gabby Garcia and when it comes down to the weight disadvantage I mean obviously that's like 27 pounds maybe 37 no you're right but you know fine you know well I think you know unless you know unless Ryzen is going to start going through uh World Star Hip Hop to find opponents for Gabby and especially if they have a um a uh a, a open weight Grand Prix for her uh for for that division you know, you're gonna have to start. You have to start. You know, digging the bottom of the barrel. Besides, um, Kavaleva and um, Yoshihiko. There's really nobody else unless you do a rematch with Lady Tapa. So, oh, I mean, well, uh, how the fuck did I forget about this? Shinobu Kandori. They still gotta do fight w- between those two. Oh no. No, it's. Fu- Are you sure you want to see Kavaleva? Are you sure you want to see Shinobu Kandori? Take a squash. Well, here's the thing. Here's the funny. This is funny. So, on the r slash MMA subreddit, um, the Ryzen, the official Ryzen account, said uh, posed the question: um, Which fights would you like to see in Ryzen 2019? By uh, and I think that Shingo runs that account. 
um, the uh, the matchmaker. Oh, Shingo Kashiwagi. Yeah, I think he. and interpreter. Yeah. Um. So with with that, um, I said you gotta make Gabby versus uh, Shinobu Kandori because that's a money match. And he said, and the reply back I got was, you know, maybe it would be better if if after every Gabby match, Shinobu Kandori just runs in and they never wind up fighting each other. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I like that would be really funny if like then fight night happens and they ju- she just runs into all of her matches. The Mania fight, but I do want to see a match. I really, really do. I really do want. I know it'll be a squash, but like, it'll be it'll be like that Bob Sap Osuna type match, or oh, I just a better example, the Hota squash, uh, Yumiko Hota squash that Gabby uh, had. Uh, it just would be a better. Um, it's just one of those things that I just have to see. It's just that you know that hope. You know, maybe Shinobu can win, even though she probably won't. But yeah, they're running out of opponents worldwide for her. Um, yeah, I just hope they don't get the next viral sensation to get fucked up by her. <laughs> uh, next question he has is, oh, this is a joke question. Ideas for New Year's Eve if Connor doesn't cut off a leg. <laughs> I don't know. I, if the rumors are to be, are to be believed... I don't know. Connor has a lot more things to be worrying about than uh, making weight to fight tension. If those rumors are to believed. Shit. All we have to think about is would his UFC contract allow it? Oh well. Now, would he ever get out of his UFC contract? Listen, you know what? If the fight ever did happen, that would be a huge money drawing match. And you know. It would be, you know what? I would stay up till 9 a.m. to watch that, cause it would be, it would be, it's another one of those what if fights. What if? What if tension yeah, can knock you out? Probably be, you would probably be watching that. You would probably be watching that back to kick off 2020. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, wouldn't it be the best thing, you know? But it wouldn't be the worst. I've done, I've done worst thing on New Year's Eve. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, I'm. Yeah, for me nowadays, I'm normally sleep by the time midnight rolls around on yeah. New Year's Eve. Um, and uh, let's see. His next question is Reina update. I've heard nothing on Reina, you know, regarding her recovery for um getting uh getting the uh, weight cutting complications from uh, Rise of Fourteen. I don't know. Have you heard anything about Reina? Uh, no, I have not. Uh, and his last question is, uh, hopefully Ryzen can get some of the Shuto folks now that's, that it's not exclusive. And he asked, are there any names to look at for Shuto that can maybe come to Ryzen now that the, uh, the, that, that one Shuto thing is not exclusive. Is is, is you know, any names offhand, Christian, that might be good for, uh, that Shuto, uh, Ryzen could, uh, benefit from, from Shuto? Ah yes, you mentioned you because mentioned of the fact that she has Yeah, because of the fact that she's trained by Ensign anyway. What uh weight division is she? Uh I think she's uh flyweight. Oh, that'd be great if especially if they have that flyweight tournament, you know. It would be a you know 
you're gonna need somebody to fight uh, Watanabe. Um, maybe Sugiyama. Uh, Justine Haba. Who knows uh, if uh, maybe Juju will be in it as well. So, oh, that'd be that's that's great. Ryzen needs more women women's flyweights. Um, the only thing I worry about is you know, you know, if uh, it it seems that um. um you know, if you have any more Shuto fights, you know, don't give them Mikuru because Mikuru will kill them. So, because he's become the Shuto killer in Ryzen. So, maybe every maybe any name that's not a featherweight in Shuto. Of course. Uh, but, um, that's all the topics besides one more. And I've been mean to talk about it for a long time. And I'm finally glad to talk about it right now. It's the... Go ahead. It's the first ever We Are Rising contest giveaway for a lucky listener. So when I was in uh, in Japan last year, summer, I attended the Ryzen 11 um, card as press. And so they gave out these, um, it's these um, uh, programs. It's entirely all in Japanese. There's some English there um, for the uh, fighters, but the rest of it is all in Japanese. Uh, it's got, it's it's got a merchandise card, which by the way, um, Ryzen finally has an international store for those that are, that are interested. They got profiles of the Ryzen girls, um, Japanese advertisements, fighter profiles. Um, it actually is it actually both a Ryzen it's a combined Ryzen eleven and Ryzen twelve uh, program because it actually if you can believe this, it still has Yusuke Yachi versus Bruno Carval. Carvalho listed as the main event for Ryzen 12 and still has a picture in there and all that stuff. So it wasn't even updated. Yeah, that probably must be a rare keepsake. Yeah, um, and, uh, I don't think other, I think, um, yeah, and it's, uh, it's still, it has Ring Nakai on the, on the front cover, uh, which, you know, obviously for Ryzen 11, she didn't make, let me see if she's in here. I actually, uh, yeah, Ring Nakai. Uh, the, the Ring Nakai Shizuka Sugiyama fight still in here as well. They still have that listed. They don't have the uh, Kaito Ono uh, Uza Strong kickboxing match that happened in place of that. But, um, yeah, you know, I usually, you know, it's a cool keepsake. Uh, oh, and they actually have, they actually have the, uh, the Rising Girls English, uh, names in English as well. And their stats as well. Um, so, so yeah, you know, this is, you know, it's a cool keepsake. You know, I usually keep things that I collect, you know, from overseas. But, when I'm, you know, I don't really have any use for this, really. This, it's cool. It's cool to look at and all that stuff. But I, I have no use for it. It just takes up space in my apartment. So, the, uh, the way that we're going to do this contest is... I want anyone who's listening to this, they have to be following us on Twitter. And I will follow you back as well. And I'm going to want, uh, what's, you know, let's see, it's today is January 26th. Let's see, about, I think a month will do. You think a month is fair, Christian? Uh, yeah, I or, think a month is fair. Or, you know, you know, let's see. The next, the next rising card is in April. That's that's way too long. So, on rise. So let's say uh, it's January twenty sixth, February twenty eighth, the last day 
in February, I'll say. Um, they, they have to follow us on Twitter, and I'll follow you back as well. And uh, actually, you know, if I'm not, if in case if, I'm going to have to see if my DMs are open. You, um, you have to follow me on Twitter, uh, follow the We Are Rising account, uh, account on Twitter. Send, send us a message that you're entering the contest because you know we have a bunch of people that are, that are prob that you know we have 300 followers and you know they may not be interested in it so I don't want I don't want to make the pool harder than it already has to be so follow us on Twitter that message me uh, on the DMs and I will enter you into the contest that um, and I'm just gonna pick it randomly I'm gonna just I'm, I'll, I'll probably write your Twitter name Twitter handle whatever in a piece of paper put it all in a hat. And then just pick it out of a hat. Or you know, I you know what I'll do? The old school Royal Rumble. I'm gonna get one of those lottery, uh one those lottery rollers. Put everybody's name in a ball. Roll the uh the roller around and then pick out a ball, open it, and decide and whoever's the one that I pick will be the uh, winner of the uh, Ryzen eleven and twelve uh, program. Uh-huh. Now I gotta find one of those uh, Royal Rumble uh things. Remember, remember that when WWE used to do that, where they would have the uh, the little balls. Yeah, those, uh, those lottery, those slot, ah, uh, oh, damn it, those slot machines. Yeah, whatever they're called. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's gonna be totally random. It's not. It's not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna. You know, you don't have to do a hashtag or any shit like that. Uh, just send me a DM that you're that you're gonna be interested in the contest. Um. And then make sure you're also random winner. Yes. One lucky winner will be announced via the We Are Rising Pod Twitter account. Exactly. And they will get the they will get the special edition program. Now I also I will also be happy to send it to mail it as well for free. That includes charges. If you are outside the United States though, that will be to be determined depending on how much shipping is. Cause if you are in Timbuktu or the Isle of Man or in Russia or in Japan, it's going to cost me a pretty penny. This thing probably doesn't weigh even a pound. This is maybe like, I don't even know how much this thing weighs, but it's, it, I, you know, I don't want to be breaking my bank, my, per, my personal bank account with shipping charges. So there'll maybe have to be some sort of middle ground for international users, uh, for international listeners. But if you're in the United States, you know, uh, It'll be free shipping. I'll cover it. No big deal at all. So, um, that's the contest I've been wanting to have for a while. Sorry it took a while, but it was just, you know, we just distracted with so many other things Ryzen related. But, um, yeah, that's that's the show for today. Uh, Christian, is there anything, do you have anything else in your mind that you want that you want to say or talk about or bring up before, you know, before we get ready for the big fights tonight, the big boxing and Bellator matches for today? Well, I don't really have much to say other than the fact that I hope all our resolutions will be realized. And if not, hopefully there'll be some fun fights to watch in 2019. Now, as far as me giving out social media plugs, you can follow Focus Fights on Twitter at Focus Fights, F-O-C-U-S, F-I-G-H-T-S, all in one word. We cover the best in the world MMA scene, the scenes of Japan, South Korea, the UK, Russia, 
and the U.S. as well as the rest of the world will be utilized as far as MMA. Or you can check out our website at focusfights.com. You can follow me on Twitter at chrisgary 92 You can follow Andrew on Twitter at abenjamin one And of course, I mean, if you haven't checked out the We Are Rising podcast on Stitcher or SoundCloud, feel free to do so because there's plenty of great interviews to listen to as well. Yep, we got some great interviews coming up with Johnny Hollywood Case, as well as hopeful Ryzen 2019 fighter Vitaly Shemitov as well. So, those will be posted. Uh, wait a minute, he actually speaks, I mean, he's speaking in English to you, right? Oh, he, his English is great. I have no, I, I was like, oh. I, I was, I had my, one of my friends from, who's actually also in Texas, um, he, he's, uh, he speaks fluent Russian because he was born in Russia. I had him on standby in case I needed to, uh, have him on, uh, as a translator. Um, but no, yeah, his English is great. We, yeah, he, you know, he's, yeah, he has, we, he's, and also I think he's, he might, he is Japanese as well as also might be very fluent as well because he's always typing in Japanese. So, he might be fluent in, he's definitely fluent in English. He's obviously fluent in Russian. My guess is also he's got to be has some fluency as well as Japanese if he's typing in Japanese. That's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, we got those interviews uh, in the can, and they'll they'll be posted. And then we'll be back in April, um, around April uh, March for a Ryzen preview show, um, first of twenty nineteen. Um, yeah, because of course the next Ryzen event ain't until Easter Sunday, April 20th. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, actually, April 21st, mm-hmm. mind you. And yeah, we'll probably have some interviews as well once those fights start getting announced. And, you know, um, yeah, you know, I think 2019 is going to be a great year, another great year for Ryzen. Another great year of knockouts and submissions and exciting fights. Mm-hmm. But other than that... I mean, it's been fun. We hope you have fun with us. All we have to say is keep your chin tucked, keep your self protected at all times, and remember, as the great Lenny Hart always says, See y'all later. Take care, everybody.